This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 97 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Scott here. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Yeah, man, I'm so excited for Adepticon next weekend. I can't wait to go. Oh, wait. What? What's that? Uh, next week. Yeah. All right, never mind. You missed it. <laughs> you, you missed the boat, man. <laughs> And we also have a powerful, yet slightly sick, Ryan Kimmel. Let's see what's going on, Ryan. No slightly about it. My fucking face is sliding off my skull, and I feel it every millimeter that it goes. <laughs> have you been diagnosed with anything, or is it just, like, probably just Concred? Yeah, yeah, it's... My insurance is so bad, I can't afford to go to the doctor. So <laughs> I wish that was a joke. I was being funny, but that's the truth. So, if you uh, if you divorce Emily and we get gay married, you can share my insurance. Um, I have pretty good insurance. Yeah, better. Yeah, mine's awful. Like, <laughs> so might have to do that. Sorry, dear. It it used to be good till about eight years ago, and then something happened. I don't want to get political about, but then it's not so good anymore. But anyway. <laughs> That's not what we're here to talk about. So anyway, I'm sick. I'll make it through it, though. Um, other than that, I'm doing okay. I had a great time at a death car. Yeah. So for those of y'all listening here, uh, we have a pretty nice, it's going to be, a, I guess, a shorter episode for you. We're getting back on the horse. We're, uh, But there's just so much content packed into our Depticon breakdown that this is basically almost going to be totally a, a Depticon breakdown episode. Uh, so naturally we're going to go over some hobby progress we've been doing, uh, with our opening there. We're going to talk about how everybody's doing all the hobby progress we're working on. Uh, we're going to go ahead and listen to some of these backlog of voicemails that we have inside the radio for Istvan email. And then, uh, we're going to go ahead and do an Adepticon breakdown. It's going to be a short and simple episode and there's going to be tons of, uh, talk about Ryan shuttling some Australians around. I feel like I, I've, I'm not even privy to hear the story that went down. I intentionally did not talk to Ryan so that I could hear about it on on here uh, with you guys. So, I guess uh, let's start with some hobby progress. Let's. Uh, who wants to start? Who wants to roll up? Oh, and by the way, Derek is uh, doing Easter stuff, and he's also sick, and so is Powerful Josh. So I think y'all were all kissing at Adepticon and got all of each other sick, and... It's it's just been a it's just been wild. So, anyway, Scott, what you been nice. working on? I've been seeing some pictures getting posted <clears throat> up by you. Yeah, man, I finished my fucking giant blob of thirty assault marines while you guys were out there spreading the good word, and I'm um, super happy with the way that came out. I did like the little brass rod flight stand sort of thing where you put some of them in flight, and I think that came out pretty good. Um. I actually played with that list not not too long ago. Uh, the I played like a drop assault Vanguard list, just one game, and uh, 
it's fucking brutal, man. Like, it's a real big roll of the dice taking a 15-man blob and putting them on the board and being like, I hope you don't scatter because if you do, you know, your plan's just going to go to shit. But uh, they didn't in that game. All my dudes hit spot on. So at least I know if they hit where I want them to, you're in for a bad time. You're going to fucking french fry when you're supposed to pizza. And you're in <laughs> for a bad time. And uh, it was fun, man. It's a super fun list. It's very, very... Uh, you know, I think representative of the world leader style. So um, that brings me up to about 4,500 points on that army. And I am painting my last model this world or not painting it. I'm putting it together right now, which is a uh, angry Ron himself. So um, I don't know when we started this escalation league thing, to be honest, I'm trying to think back. I mean, it's been a couple of months, but um, pretty stoked. Like, I'm pretty happy I got all this done in a, a semi-timely manner. And uh, I'm definitely happy with the results I've gotten from from the new techniques. I tried to try to practice on this army weathering-wise. And I did a lot of conversions. I did a lot of base work. I fucking... Anything you, you do, like, you don't normally do to an army, maybe if you're a commission painter or something, where you're like, I don't have time for this shit. I gotta get this done. I fucking forced myself to take the hard road on as much shit. The only thing I can think of that I didn't do was put LEDs in my stuff. And that's because I, it's not something I know how to fucking do. So <laughs> I wasn't going to destroy several thousand dollars worth of models trying to learn. But uh, it's it's uh, I'm pretty happy with it, man. It was, it was an army that I kind of conceptualized a long time ago and always wanted to do. But, you know, I'd... I'm very well aware of how much fucking effort it takes to paint an entire army. And I just never had the time, but I finally stopped being a bitch about it and just got it done. And uh, I'm, I'm a happier man for it. So. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I've been seeing pictures of them. I actually need to... I'll pull them and post them on Instagram. Our Instagram's getting a little bit bigger and uh, show those boys on there. But I definitely haven't seen your pictures. Yeah, I saw that you played some Ultramarines and... It looked like you kind of trapped him in a corner there. Yeah, that was my buddy Nick's army, man. That's that's the fucking game I was talking about where just everything went right for me that could have. And so, if you don't know about Drop Salt... for shop advice, so castle it up. Strop pods, castle up. Yeah, I'm fucking... I do. <laughs> it sucks, man. I fucking... So, I, you can't... You can only snap fire it, the salt marines. If they're within 12 inches of you. If I drop within 12 inches of all his tanks and I hit spot on. And then I, I also have Ambulus in that list that I then put behind his tanks. So they couldn't back up or go forward. And it was just on like fucking Donkey Kong Star 32, man. Melt bombs flying through there. Fucking. It was, it was glorious. But it went exactly as I would imagine it in a best case scenario. Now, is it going to go like that every time? Probably not. Probably going to scatter and go splat on the windshield of the fucking Land Raider every once in a while. But hey, man, that's just that's just the this just the game we play. So nature of the beast, man. That's just the nature of the beast. Yep. yep. So, so, what about you, Ryan? What you been working on, buddy? Um. I don't know if we talked about it, but I finished 
five death shroud for Adepticon so that I could play 2,500 points. I got all the terrain done and was able to knock those guys out. Yep. I don't remember we talked about that or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was doing it when recording with Tim and Michael. That's what it was. But um, I finished those while Derek was here and showed Derek how to do some oil weathering while I was doing it. So Derek has some knowledge he can maybe pass on. Um, Derek's the trooper, by the way. Me and Derek alone carried all these fucking totes and all this terrain around my house in the rain, uphill, in a mole-infested yard, sinking in mud, up past her ankles, and we got it all done. So, thank you, Derek. It would have been the absolute suck to do it alone. <laughs> Powerful, Derek. Powerful. So, that was a big deal. Um, other than that, why Tim and Michael were here, they wanted to try some battle tech, so them those two were on a team against Chris Duncan. I know it's not 30k. I don't really care at this point. I'm sick, but they were playing battle tech, and while that was going on, I built a whole bunch of battle tech stuff. So I built like 30 new battle tech minis. So that's freaking great. That's, that's all my hobby progress. Well, I'm just glad to be free. I don't. I'm not on a timetable anymore. I'm not. I don't have like. A million things to do on a deadline where I have to immediately come home and like stuff some food down my gullet and pinch a loaf off as fast as possible and run to the painting table and then paint as much as I can before I go to sleep and then get up and go to work and then start it all over again like for 60 days, 70 days, whatever it was in a row. <laughs> Ryan said he's free. The man is free now. <laughs> Dobby is free. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I got some terrain to fix. A few things broke, got scuffed up. Nothing major. Um, I lost this one little fucking eagle head that goes on the side of the bridge. I don't know if somebody, like, was just drunk as fuck and snapped it off and stuck it in their pocket as, like, a token of my terrain prowess or whatever. I don't, I don't know, but I couldn't find it. It seems like a weird thing to take or lose, but whatever. That was the only thing that didn't return home. Was that? I'll just have to replace that. Um, other than that, I just had a few minor things break. Um, I'll be able to fix it. And I learned a valuable lesson that that Isvan table is never leaving this house again, ever. <laughs> She's a big bitch, dude. In fact, if I sell this house, I hope whoever buys it likes Warhammer because I'll probably just leave it for him <laughs> because I don't even want to move it for that. That's real life. That's that's uh <laughs> I know you told me that at Adepticon and I was like, Well <laughs> that's uh I can only imagine what it's like to ship that thing. Sorry around. if you wanted to play on it in Heresy Camp. It's not fucking happening. You have to drive here to play on it. Sorry, it is what it is. <laughs> it's alright. All the other tables were spectacular. So although everybody did enjoy that one, putting what like Eight warlord titans on it. At some point, there was just some insane amount of titans just all standing on that table because there was so much room to do stuff. Yeah, I I did the math and like the amount of money that was on that table, I think is worth more than my Corolla. So <laughs> it's like having my Corolla parked on that table. <laughs> but that's not even like the pro painted paint jobs on some of them too. Oh fuck! From powerful black so table. 
that table got beat up more than any of the other ones because it's so fucking hard to transport. Um, it needs some a decent amount of repair on it. The rest of them came out pretty alright. So at some point I need to go through and fix all my tables, but that's not that big of a deal. And then I need to build a couple more to replace that one to bring something different to Heresy Camp. Do you uh uh how did the Blue Forge terrain hold up in all the transportation and things like that? It's fine. I just made sure that everything was in totes. Yep. Like sealed in the tote except for the Ispawn table and the 2 by 2 Games Workshop tiles. That's another thing. I wish Secret Weapons still made those one by ones Fuck those 2 by 2 Games Workshop ones. We can't do anything with those either. Those are such a pain in the ass to transport as well. <coughs> Sorry. The one by ones are so much better because I can put them in the box that they come in yep. and fit that whole box down inside the tote. It's way easier to carry. So... Um, if you're building a lot of terrain and you're not just going mats, if you actually want a solid surface, try to do it in, like, don't do two by two if you can help it. Do one by one. So much better. So much easier to transport around. 100%. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, hopefully here pretty soon, Secret Weapon will be coming back out with those tiles, is what it sounds like. It sounds like the guy that was holding all that up got some paper served, so... We'll find out. Well, they're awesome tiles. If they come back out with them, I'll definitely get more. Um, I would consider just replacing all my Games Workshop ones and just, I'd probably still keep them and just leave them here, but like get the secret weapon ones for taking them to events or whatever. Definitely. Um, I know that I said I didn't want to do Adepticon again, which it's kind of a bittersweet thing, but they really liked having me there apparently and they asked me to come back next year talk me into it so i guess that's a thing um <laughs> that being said it won't be near the work it was i know what i'm doing now like this was the trial run i'm already gonna do it for heresy camp i'm gonna like i said not if i didn't take that stupid isvon table and just made a few little changes on shit it would have been so much easier Way easier because I then I can just put everything in totes and the totes are easy. Gotcha, yeah, and just stacking totes and I mean you you mentioned like the Istvan table took up like two thirds of the van. Yeah, like, the, so everything that wasn't the Istvan table fit. Everything that wasn't the Istvan table or two by two Games Workshop tiles fit into ten totes, and those ten totes only took up a little over a third of the van. And I could have even went one higher with the totes. I just wanted to be able to see over the top of them to drive because there was just no sense in going that high with them. Right. So, um, I was, I mean, I took 16 tables. So, I took 13 tables, but three of them were double tables. So, if you just figure six by four tables, I essentially took 16 um, six by four tables, and only two of those didn't fit in 10 totes. That's fucking wild. <laughs> That's wild. And all so, those just stuffed in a van. Yeah. So I, I'm going to get rid of that. I'm not going to get rid of it, but I'm not going to take the Isfahn board anymore. I got an idea for a really cool airfield table. Um, oh, nice. I bought some terrain at Adepticon because I fucking hate myself, apparently. And I also I won a prize. And for winning the prize, I was given terrain which I don't know if it was a troll 
or <laughs> like just like luck of the draw. Either way, it's funny. So I still got a bunch more terrain I can do, um, new stuff to do that airfield. So I think I can do a really cool eight by six airfield, which will replace the eight by six Isfahan table, and it'll be just it'll just be different, but it'll be just as cool. It's gonna have like a bunch of fucking hangars with jets in it. It'll have a full fucking runway. It'll have a control tower. It'll have fuel tanks. It'll have all kinds of cool shit on it. It'll look like a legit airfield. It'll be awesome. Wow. I can only imagine the amount of work that you'll put into it and the resulting product that'll come out of it. So I'll try to get that done for Heresy Camp. I should just have to get that done for Heresy Camp. And I have that one table with the Armageddon terrain on it that's been kind of like a slow do table. You've seen pictures of it. Oh, yeah. I'd like to get that done at some point. But if I got those two done, that would more than replace the ISPON board just by doing those two tables. That's freaking great. I just want to know when you're going to stop slacking, man. I mean, it really doesn't <laughs> seem like you're putting a lot of work into this hobby these days. So. <laughs> also, I'm, because I started, we're going to start playing Battletech on Fridays. It's a fucking six millimeter game. So I got to build a whole other table that's in a totally different scale for it. So I just bought a bunch of six millimeter shit to paint up. Why do you do it to yourself? Maskism, bro. You just fucking just like, oh yeah, dig those high heels in, just like that. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, so yeah, that's pretty much all my hobby progress, and learned a bunch of valuable lessons on carting the tables around and all that. We'll be good to go for Heresy Camp. I love the van. My buddy Nate over at Enterprise Rental Car. I've known him since high school, but he works for Enterprise. He hooked me up with this van. Um, and it was a fucking nice van. I liked it. I couldn't believe how good a fuel mileage it got. It fucking held everything. Super nice van. So if you're like, need, and it was way cheaper than a U-Haul or any of that shit. So if you guys uh, are ever looking at doing something crazy like me and hauling a bunch of shit around, definitely check out one of those vans from Enterprise. Hell yeah, dude. That's some classic, classic knowledge right there. Especially for all these people who are running around events. All you, uh, all you Dallas boys, looking at you. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I plan on doing for Heresy Camp. Is this written that one of those vans again? Fuck yeah, dude! That's super exciting. That's all you got for hobby progress. <laughs> Which that's is it. So yeah, dude. Speaking of Heresy Camp, uh, lucky for me, I got to pick up a secret weapon miniature table. From uh, Goldmine Games over there in Houston, he had probably four or five left, but he had the small versions, kind of like the four foot tables. I guess not the full table, the six by four. And uh, I went by there because I was looking for the Rolling Plains table from Secret Weapons uh, because I need a table for my wall. And he just so happened to have the small version of it and some additional tiles to uh to fill it out and so he kind of scrapped together what he could and i think i have one tile that's kind of weird where like it's like a like a city tile or something that won't actually go with the terrain but i was like ah that was the wall will be on top of that so went and picked that up and then we just made a run yesterday oh no no day before yesterday to uh to mike gupton again over there at gold mine games and 
he had actually just painted up those tiles, the exact same tiles that he had. He had just painted it up for a man. What the hell is that Star Wars planet called? It's a desert. Uh, Tatooine. Tatooine. Yeah. So he painted up a Tatooine <laughs> table, and you. and <laughs> basically, yeah. See for real, exactly. Uh, so he showed me how to. Hey Scott. Spock yes. High Five. <laughs> There's Spock high fiving over the over the webcam right now. Uh, so so yeah so anyway so he showed me the method he used to paint it. it was, he like had a super quick method. So <clears throat> I picked up some really really nice expensive Games Workshop uh, Mornfang Brown and Zandri dust to hopefully knock out this table extremely fast. Um, and then I've began the process of creating and casting uh, tank tracks, tank traps. So that's going to be fun as well. And then I've also been working on Imperial Fist, which kind of sucks because I had a, uh, at our local Escalation League, I've been pushing through with some Dark Angels. And unfortunately, I don't think I can juggle both Imperial Fist and Dark Angels at the same time. And so I think I'm swapping out some Fistos for the Dark Angels. Uh, and it's definitely going to be... Derek. To what? Your new Derek, your replacement Derek. Uh, well, I got to do this for Heresy Camp. So it's one of those things where <laughs> I was like, eh. It's, uh, these have to get done, and I'd rather have them done a lot sooner than later. And so yeah, it's just one of those things. Unless I just do a shitload of likely story. Unless I just do a shitload of Terminator Dark Angels, I guess. Just eat up a whole bunch of points. I could do that. Don't want to though. So <laughs> but I've got ten dudes that I painted up this weekend. Cause of course right after Adepticon, my work sent me to New Mexico. So all the stuff I learned from my painting courses at Adepticon, I did not get to use until a week later, and so I was just fiending to actually like get behind an airbrush and work. And so, this was this Thursday was the first like Thursday I was back home in like nine days, and so I just like hit it as hard as I could. Decided to try a whole bunch of different color combinations for Imperial Fist to try and get them started, and fell on one that I learned from. Uh, I actually I I. I really liked uh, Dr. Faust method for painting Imperial Fist. So I bought the the stuff that he was talking about, which was like a Tamiya, red, a Tamiya orange followed up by a Tamiya yellow. And then you go through and you hit them both with uh, like a, a Minotaur yellow, a ghost tint yellow and a Minotaur ghost tint orange. And it, it brings it all out. And it was a cool method. It was just really tinted orange. Uh, and I was going to go that re- mount, that method and then Orc Painter Nerd, I looked at how he painted his Terminators. And I was like, actually, that's more of a closer yellow that I want. And then, so, that's what I did. I painted up 10 dudes. Still got to paint their last cannons, but got them on the way. And a Dare Dare right before the show started. So. Boys. Yep. Do what? They look good. Appreciate it, man. I'm. I definitely don't understand the oiling part of it. Uh, I, I we're we're Patreon subscribers for Miles and Little Legend Studios, and so I found one of his old 
oils walkthroughs and how to use oils. Uh, John Stanford actually recommended it. And it was a pretty good idea of how to use it. And, but I, I'm just I, not having any formal training behind it kind of fucks me up. So basically, I just made. I showed Derek some oils. Well, have him show you some stuff. I'll do that then. I picked up some like Windsor Newton oils and some mineral spirits and all that jazz. And basically, I've just been making this like red wash that I'll wash the miniature with. And then I go back through with a uh, with a Q-tip and wipe it off of on the uh, flat plates. But I don't have any like leaky stuff or rusty streaks or stuff like that. And I'm not even using the oils for that. I'm using AK Interactive and Mineral Spirits for that. So I might have to pull Derek in for some help for that. So I don't know. That's what I've been working on. I got a lot more confidence behind an airbrush now, so that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think probably the best part of like taking those classes back to back and all together is you clean your airbrush probably like 900 times in the course of all those classes and (laughs) you don't want to clean it wrong because you're sitting in front of the teacher. And so it's just like constantly like re cleaning your airbrush over and over and over and over again, like embeds it in your fucking head, like how to clean your airbrush properly. And, like, once that's down and you realize that the amount of paint you're going to use, you don't have to fill up the whole fucking pot. That was my problem, too. Uh, like, I think, uh, uh, Ken, like, one of the classes I took was with Ken Badger. And he puts four drops of paint into his little pot of a, a Badger 105. And he goes, okay, I'm going to paint the side of this rail car with his four drops of paint. And he like paints the whole fucking side of the rail car. And he goes, you don't need more paint than that for your little soldier men. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't. And I usually like go to fucking town with this. So, yeah. What do you think about taking airbrush classes as opposed to just trying to learn yourself? Uh, it's, it's night and day, dude. Like, right. So... So Ryan actually, like, without without actually being here with me, Ryan has, like, definitely tried to get me on the airbrush game and has definitely tried to help me, you know, like, get it done and get it going. And there's just so much you can do over, like, just chatting and talking. There's only so much you can do over YouTube because, I mean, there, there comes points where you want to ask questions or, like, and I guess, like, different things that you don't understand or, like, different things you don't know. It's, it's all about, like, like if you don't know, you don't know kind of thing. So, like, if you don't know what questions you should be asking because you're not alive there with it, then it just kind of something you skip over. And so, I mean, actually, physically, like, because I, I took uh, Airbrushing 101 with Aaron Lovejoy. I took Airbrushing... 101 like not 101 it was like entry to airbrushing with Caleb Wissenbach from CK Studios and then I took the maintenance cleaning and everything of a of your airbrush with with Ken Badger and for for starters all of them have different cleaning methods like the Ken Badger method is like the most extreme which is like his method is like you should never have to clean your airbrush like just don't use enough paint to like make your airbrush clean and like to make your airbrush dirty and like 
you, you have to like flush it and it's just like his is like extreme method and then like i think caleb's is probably my favorite method with adding the uh uh the makeup pads uh caleb uses a paper towel but i think uh, ken actually had the makeup pad and then uh aaron lovejoy's was like just a little bit simpler and quicker which is like just like push back feet and then like pump it out uh but all all three of them just like basically most of the class was like how to clean your airbrush and it just made you realize how freaking important it is to be honest with you so i don't know once you once you're the actually once your airbrush is running 100 percent and you're cleaning it after each color or cleaning it after like each spot it's it's night and day like you just become so much more confident it becomes so much more of a useful tool than like something that starts like spitting paint on stuff and spitting you know too fast or, or blasting through i learned about different pressures and how to determine where the right pressure is and everything and i was so sure that what i was going to end up doing was i was going to just like pick up another airbrush while i was up there uh but i realized that like no my airbrush isn't fucked like my airbrush is fine just like pick up a new needle new this and that and then i just rebuilt my old airbrush and phew, night and day dude that's so that's day. a you know worth the price of the mission right there that kind of peace of mind yeah and, and honestly and here's here's a fun tip that for everybody listening should probably uh if you're planning on going to an adepticon and planning on taking any of these classes dude i would say that i left there with probably double the amount of like merchandise in price than what I actually paid for the classes, it was it was wild. Like uh, Ken Badger supplied the stuff for all those classes, and they didn't want to use it for the next class, I guess. And so they were like, "Okay, y'all get to keep everything that's on front of you on the table minus the airbrush." And I'm like, "Oh!" So I came back home with like I don't know. <laughs> An insane amount Thanks of just and, yeah, so yeah. I, the entire Minotaur line of uh, ghost tents, a whole bunch of Minotaur paint, like six sets of the freaking um, primers, the Cervantes. Is it what is it? Not Cervantes. The Cybenez. Cybenez primer series. Um, whole bunch of needle cleaner, needle uh, needle <coughs> juice. Uh, and it's just a whole bunch of airbrush cleaner, like stuff to just like, I'll go home and just get to use it all. So definitely worth it. I mean, on top of not actually like on top of making my airbrush 100% usable. Now it's like, okay, you also get all this free swag with it and everything like that. And just coming back, not being the same painter I was as wild. I, I still look at those Imperial fists that I painted up so far. And I just like, I can't, believe that i painted these because these are like you know what i would look at like people's stuff and i'd be like man this is like next level man i hope i can get that one day and it's just like boom just shit it out in like so many hours so <laughs> and i'm nice, and, it, man. and i'm excited about it too like i'm excited to get painting because i'm like excited to see what stuff looks like you know whereas like before i'd paint something up and I'd be like take a picture from a little bit further away so <laughs> people can't see all the fuck ups in there yeah, I can't see what a fucking pile of dog shit my models look like. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I've got a Daredeo that I've actually... I painted up right before this. I put down its first layer of golden yellow. 
and like I'm I'm thinking right now is like man how much time do I have <clears throat> when this podcast is over before I have to actually crash out where I, maybe I can throw a gloss coat on it and start start hitting it with some oils and some uh, some decals which is definitely something I need to talk with powerful Ryan about is some decal action so but yeah that, that's pretty much what I've been working on uh, heresy camp, dude. Heresy camp on the works of that of like what we've been working. On. Oh, well, no, yeah. Heresy camp. Uh, like we've gotten a whole bunch of signups since Adepticon. Uh, we talked to a lot of people about it. We printed some flyers. We passed flyers around. Uh, and I, it's just it's, my it's the part where I turned. I totally hoard myself out, and I literally went from table to table and went, "Hey, can I tell you about heresy camp?" Like a fucking evangelist had <laughs> a door. And the people told me, no, not interested. Cool, brother. Moved on. You know, got it. <laughs> so let me tell you. <laughs> so let me I'm tell you why you're wrong in not wanting to go to Harry's camp. You can see it on their face. They were like, uh, I don't want to be rude. So let's just tell this guy, yeah. But you could say, like, they were like, this guy's full of shit. And then after about 10 seconds in, their eyes started to brighten. Like, oh, this might be sounds good. And by the time I was done, it seemed like they were legit excited. So hopefully that sold some people on it. Yeah, man, I, absolutely. Everybody I talked to about it that hadn't heard about it was like, yeah, I definitely need to figure it out and make some time. Like, I'll, I'll definitely. And then once I started seeing some more ticket sales, I was like, hey, that's that guy we talked to. Or that's the guy that, that was talking about it. So we're, it, it, it's going pretty well. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to... Uh, see what happens after Nova because there's going to be some more talk at Nova. And then we have a big surprise for Harris Camp, which I don't want to talk about just yet, but y'all will see on uh, some people that it'll, an outreach that will definitely not even touch anybody in the podcast community. It'll just touch everybody in the Harris community. So, so super excited about that. Uh, also, something I wanted to talk about if you're a Patreon supporter, definitely go check your Patreon messages uh, because I sent a Patreon message out yesterday. Uh, our RFI Crusader host patches came in. I got them as soon as I got home, and I've mailed the first batch off with the amount of bubble mailers I've had. So if you're a Patreon supporter, definitely go check that out. Uh, that was – I learned how to use stamps.com a little bit better. And so now I can just copy and paste your address, hit print, it charges PayPal, and I just go from there. And so I've my fucking my stamps.com membership is finally getting used hardcore. So just something to consider there. Nice, man. Nice. So Heresy Camp. What's we got up? a lot of sign ups, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's nice, bro. They're they're flowing they're flowing right now. Sweet, sweet. I'm looking. I'm I'm super excited for it, man. I'm I'm just after after Adepticon and seeing how everybody was just like my my biggest thing I was thinking about Heresy Camp is it's going to be this 24 seven camp and my biggest worry was like well what if they don't want to play Heresy for that many days or like what do they want to like what if they want to do something else you know I mean yeah they'll have fishing. I'll help you pack. No, I'm just playing Tim will like that. Tim Tim from I Horse is laughing somewhere right I'll now. help you back. I'll help you back. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, go ahead. 
But uh, might be a reference that comes up in future drive horse episodes. <laughs> What's your yeah, that's the new tagline. Forget fully painted. I'll help you pack. That's gonna be on every episode. I promise you. <laughs> well, that's good to know. So, but after Adepticon, after seeing everybody just slamming heresy after fucking heresy after heresy every <laughs> single day till like three, four in the morning, I was like. I leave my painting class, right, and I come out, and everybody's just slamming heresy. And then I know i got to be up early at, like, 8. So I've got to leave, like, pretty early from the gaming hall. So I leave the gaming hall at, like, midnight or whatever. And I fi- I'm like, I find out the next day they're like, oh, yeah, you know, they they uh, kicked us out at, at 1 in the morning, and we were trying to keep playing. And I'm like, dude, like, how are these dudes? These dudes are animals in here. They're just, uh So my... uh my worries were abated. So anyway, super excited, super excited. But anyway, so that's all with that. Let's bounce into some voicemails. How about that? We haven't heard voicemails in a long while. <coughs> Sorry guys for all this coughing and snorting. I really am. I wish it wasn't the case. I promise you. <laughs> all right so let's see here so the last man to me i just chastised people when i caught through the microphone and they got upset <laughs> <laughs> fuck you don't you worry about me okay so okay so yeah march 14th is the last voicemail or the, the earliest voicemail so Hi, I was just calling to say, I would like to say thanks to uh, Ryan. Uh, my name is Sean. He recently helped me out with the list, and uh, he actually took some questions that I had about the list and uh, about the army that I was building. Um, I'd just like to say thanks to you guys. Uh, you're doing a great job with the podcast. Um, and then I know this doesn't fall into the bear story or the industrial story, but here it goes. Um, I, years ago, I used to bartend, and... Uh, I used to bartend in this little bar in Pontiac, Michigan. And anyway, it was, uh, it was a Friday night, starting to get kind of busy. And, uh, this guy walks up and he's kind of like, kind of urgent, you know, he says, Hey man, there's a guy, he's on fire in the bathroom. What? So I'm like, Oh shit. So I like, I grab the extinguisher, I go in there, I'm expecting to see like this, uh, Buddhist oh, monk on yes. in flames in there. So I, I run in and I'm like, and it's this guy and he's, uh, he's like splashing water on his coat. And he turns around, and he's wearing, like, this downfill coat, and it's all fucking melted. The the nylon, uh, the nylon is all melted, and there's, like, these feathers and shit falling out of his coat. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, you know, what the fuck's going on? And this guy's like, uh, well, evidently what this idiot did, this fuckstick, he, he took a cigarette, and he knocked the hot off the cigarette. Well, he put it in his pocket, figuring he's going to save it for later on. Well, I guess he didn't knock all the hot off, and it melted his coat, and it was like all melted hard plastic, and there was feathers all over the place, like it was like a like a uh, sorority girl's fucking uh, pillow fight or something. There's pillows all over the floor <laughs> and shit. So, yeah, it was a fucked up story, but uh, I had a good laugh about it later on that night. So, I don't know if that equates to uh, you know I know it doesn't it's not a bear story like I said or industrial story, but I always get a laugh out of that one. So. Anyway, thanks again. You guys are doing a great job. 
<laughs> hey, fucking close enough, man. When he when he said, "Hey, I was tending bar at a place called Pontiac, Michigan," I knew it was going to be a good one. I knew right there, <laughs> there, there's some shit goes down in bars in Pontiac, Michigan. So, <clears throat> so speaking of that, that ties in. Did have we been on the podcast where I've talked about burning down my backyard and like my fat ass like scorching my throat with a fire extinguisher and all that stuff no no i mean i i don't think so but it's all right let's talk about it <laughs> let's let's say it oh good lord i won't get real deep into it so right before Taylor and michael got here just a couple days before i'm cleaning the house and any like paper trash we have because like i have game nights and shit here and we'll order like six pizzas so i'll have like six pizza boxes and then we've just gotten in a big group battle foam order so i had like the big giant cardboard boxes that battle foam comes in um i just gotten all that uh blue blue forge terrain in right before adepticon so i had the cardboard box for that so i had this giant mountain of cardboard and i you can't really throw that shit away so i live out in the country where you can burn shit so i have a burn pile out in my backyard so i start this stuff of burning and it's a little bit wet, and the wind wasn't blowing bad or anything. I didn't think anything of it. And I'd raked away all, like, the pine needles and leaves and all that shit where there was, like, a five- or six-foot dead zone area that's just dirt where nothing can spread. So I lit it, and it started going, and I came inside to get my dog to, to take her out to go use the restroom, and then I was just going to tie her up out there while I tended the fire. So I come inside, get her... We go out and get the mail. I'm walking back up the driveway to head towards the fire, and I look back, and my whole backyard's on fire. The whole fucking thing. The wind had kicked up, and it blown that cardboard pile over, and this giant fucking box that was just an inferno went rolling across the yard and just, like, lit all these little fires. And the only thing that saved my ass, I run back there, and I have a rake, and I'm trying to just, like break a dead zone around it so it can't spread because it's just like a bunch of deadfall and shit that's spread real fast as the and the wind's like blowing the towel now and i can't keep up with it by the time i like i went like 10 feet and look up and it's already twice as big i'm like oh i'm totally fucked this is gonna burn my mini barn down it's already spreading over towards my neighbor's property i'm like this is bad i remembered when i worked at that plant that they're closing down the, the plant that I was temporarily at, that they're closing down and they were like, we're leaving this place, just take whatever the fuck you want. I took two 20-pound fire extinguishers and stuck them in my garage. I thought, I'll probably never need these, but just in case. Oh, fuck. So I had these big, giant, fucking 20-pound extinguishers. So I, my fat ass runs up the yard. It's kind of cold out. I'm already huffing and puffing from breathing all the smoke, and I don't have very much fucking cardio. So then I'm running back with these heavy-ass extinguishers under each arm. And it's in the woods, so I'm, like, going through fucking briars. I look like Passion of the Christ when I come out the other end. I mean, it's fucking ugly. I'm bleeding everywhere. I got briars hanging out of me, all this shit. So I start spraying this shit, and it's doing a good job. It's putting it out, and I'm, like, running around the perimeter with this shit. The problem was, because I was, like, in panic mode, it was going out, and I got most of it out. I turned, because this one had kicked back up and sprayed it, and right as I sprayed it, this big wind kicked up and blew it right down my throat and i don't know what's in that shit but it like burnt my fucking throat and i talked like froggy from the little rascals for like a day 
And then when I would laugh, you guys remember Muttley from the old cartoons, like the fucking plane cartoons with the Baron, and he had the little mutt dog called Muttley that snicker, and he'd go, like, and it was easy. Yeah, that's what my laugh turned into, exactly like that. And what was funny was it was so stupid that when I would laugh at something, my own laugh would make me laugh, because my laugh is so bad. That's it. That's it. I would do that, I would do that, and then make myself laugh, and do that harder, and then make myself laugh more, and then do that harder, and then I'd start crying, and then I'd start coughing real bad, because I was, my wife thought I was going to die, and she kept trying to get me to go to the doctor, and every time I would, like, when I was sleeping, she said when I was sleeping at night, I was, like, sounded like I was on a respirator, I was, like, going, <laughs> like, dark, dark fucking Vader for, like, three nights, but. I feel like breathing that shit in is the equivalent of smoking for, like, 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. Once again. My insurance sucks. I can't go to the doctor. So I just wrote it out and I'm here today. So we're good to go. But I told Tim and Michael about it and they were like, oh, fuck, don't burn the place down. Then when they got here, I showed them and they were like, holy fuck, that's way bigger. I'm like, yeah, dude, my whole fucking backyard was on fire. It was going around my fucking mini barn. I mean, it was a goddamn like, disaster. It was <laughs> Holy shit. Then it easily took me 37 minutes to catch my breath, and it probably was like five minutes of activity. So, <laughs> much respect to fucking, like, like actual athletes that have cardio, because goddamn, like... Actual firefighters who have to deal with that <laughs> all the time. They must <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah, it was so stupid. But anyway... Hey, Ryan, check this out. So... For all y'all listening, we asked uh, Tim and Michael like really late if they wanted to be on this episode, and uh, Tim just sent me a message. He says, hey, man, sorry, I only just woke up. My voice is fucked. Caught some Indiana flu on the last day there. So I don't know like how this like Adepticon mono is going around, but y'all all fucking got it. It's what happens when you try to make a human centipede in your fucking hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Human heresy centipede. The biggest problem I have with it is my wife got it first. So what was she doing to get it first? And then she gave it to everyone. Maybe she went to Thunder from Down Under. Why in Chicago? Fucking who knows? So so Josh has it. Derek has it. Ryan has it. And uh, and Tim has it. So like there's just whatever y'all caught, man. I hope it doesn't find me. I hope that dead air in New Mexico fucking murdered it. We'll see. So, anyway, next story comes from Derek. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. This comes from Trevor. And Trevor said, I don't have an industrial accident story, but I have an accident story. Back in 1992... I was an army. I was in army ranger school. We had just finished the desert phase and were jumping back into drop zone on Fort Benning. This was about halfway, the halfway point through the school, and everyone was pretty tired. I was in the first stick out, 
if the aircraft that had landed safely on the drop zone. I was getting all my stuff together. About 50 feet from me was a squad mate, a warrant officer, and a helicopter pilot from the 82nd Airborne who was also packing his parachute. At the corner of my eye, I see this green bag thing come flying down and cobbler this poor guy. I guess he meant like clobber. Oh, clobber. Clobber this poor guy on the head. I run over to help him, and he's lying on the ground, twitching like Wile E. Coyote after getting clocked by a boulder. Lying next to him are two rucksacks. After getting the medics over, I find that someone had someone burned that someone burned in their sixty pounds of government issued rucksack. I, f- I found out that someone burned in their sixty pounds of government issued rucksack. Instead of activating his lowering line, another ranger candidate pulled the quick release and burned his ruck in from several hundred feet up. What does that mean, Scott? I know you know what that means. Okay, so <laughs> that fucking rucksack either. What you're supposed to do is it has, like, a 30-foot a line on it that you pull, like, this Velcro. You pull a little quick release that's attached to your harness, and it lowers on that. So when you hit the ground, the ruck hits first, and then you hit so this big-ass fucking bag doesn't flop up and hit you in the face. Well, also attached conveniently pretty close to where the release for that is is the quick release which is attached to a yellow lanyard. And what that does is if you pull that, the whole thing just falls. <laughs> so if you're going towards like water or power lines or some shit like that, you can jettison that fucker before you fucking find yourself in that situation. But you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you know, this being a prime example of uh, when you jump unless you have to. <laughs> so it sounds like... Right. Fucking from, from, you get it. So it sounds like some poor dudes got smacked by sixty pound of issue government issued rucksack. Some fucking pussy who had about seven jumps decided to get all nervous in service and fuck pull the wrong goddamn streak is what happened. (laughs) He said there is a happy ending after getting checked out for the concussion. He was cleared. Hey, it was the nineties, right? Only pussies get concussions. This guy went on to graduate with the rest of us. I only went on to have 25 jumps during the rest of my army career, but I looked up on DZs as much as I looked anywhere else after that point. All the best, Trevor. <laughs> so that fucking sucks. I couldn't imagine getting knocked with a... Uh, yep. Not, not good. Not the way you want to go, but... Okay. So this actually comes from powerful Chris. It says RFI inpatient psych story number four. Hey guys, so I'm driving home and I figured I'd uh, record a uh, another inpatient psych story. Um, I'm not going to use any actual names because if this person's still alive, then you know. But um, so. I'm just gonna call him Betty. So, I walk into the unit one day, and there's this dude in a motorized wheelchair who's got wet gangrene from his mid-size down on both legs. And one of his eyes is missing, and it's just like a hangly-dangly eye socket. <laughs> fucking sideways vagina flap. Um, what a way <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this guy's so I don't know if oh, many people know the difference between 
wet and dry gangrene. I was gonna ask. Dry gangrene, like that shit will just fall off eventually. But wet gangrene, that like, you know, you just go septic, it gets near blood, whatever. Uh, nobody knows how how or why this guy was still alive, but um, he had half A, B, and C, and again from his mid thighs down, it was wet gangrene. So that means that he also smelled like a rotting, dead, you know, dead liquefying corpse. Why? Because that's what was happening on his legs, from you know, fucking you know, three fourths of his legs was literally liquefying, decaying human flesh. Um, and he had Hep A, B, and C. God. So all, the, you know, and he would refuse. We sent him to the emergency room because of that, and he refused any medical treatment because he was completely fine, according to him. Um. So they sent him back to the hospital that we were, you know, the psych hospital and he's riding around in his motorized wheelchair and all the nurses could do is just wrap his legs up in bandages and hope that it didn't leak all over the place. Um, now this was on a detox unit, so 90-something percent of the population on that unit, on a detox unit, they are usually shitting themselves to some degree and loaded up on so many fucking detox meds that they're going to have some form of amnesia anyway because they're so fucking drugged up. They're like, you know, it's like the walking dead half the time. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why no formal complaints were filed by the other patients, because the entire unit smelled like a rotting dead body. Um, and, like, people would make fun of him, and, like, there were times that, like, he'd be wheeling through the fucking group room just threatening to beat everyone's ass in his motorized wheelchair with his rotting, dripping corpse legs. Uh, now again, hep A, B, and C, and his legs were liquefying, so they would drip. There'd be like little plasma drips, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and like I'd walk in and see that shit, and like instantly puke in my mouth and then leave um, and go work on a different unit. But like there are times, like one time I, I was stuck in there and I saw he was like turning around in the fucking group room, and his legs wiped up against a. Um, a chair, like a, a vinyl chair, and there was, no, it's like a sofa, <clears throat> so there's like this streak of just liquefied human. <clears throat> now, imagine, like, you know, being in this, what's supposed to be, um, sterile environment, I mean, the unit smelled like feces, rotting corpse, and, like, neosporin, but, like, Imagine walking, like, maybe just walking in a pair of, like, the hospital socks that people get with, like, the little grippies, and having that shit absorb right into your fucking sock. Ugh. And, like, what kind of disease did you get in your fucking foot skin, you know? So, and, but I remember when I met the guy, he's just like, oh, call me Betty, And, um, I was like, oh, well, nice to meet you. Like, just don't, don't fucking touch me. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more the story but that's all i can remember right now um i hope you enjoyed it <laughs> the true herald dude, of nurgle I, <laughs> I always feel like that dude sounds even more dead inside every story he calls that it tells and i kind of love it like <laughs> very rarely do i feel like you know what i'm doing all right man but that dude, <laughs> some of the stories he tells make me feel okay about my, myself. 
Whenever whenever he first joined the Patreon chat, he just goes, Oh, y'all like crazy stories? I got some fucked up stories for y'all. <laughs> like it just like he he's got them, dude. Like it's like and he's one hundred percent dead inside, like with his job. Like, yep. That dude's got hep A, B, and C and he's leaking everywhere. <laughs> don't Hey, to be fair, I don't think he had to worry about coming up with the alias to like just in case that guy's still alive. I feel like that's not a I feel like that's not a concern, but whatever. <laughs> that dude is just still alive. It's like you're not like it's gonna be like, oh you mean zombie legs Joe. He comes into the bar every other Tuesday. Like everybody's yeah, gonna know who the guy is. Zombie Legs Joe is not going to A, listen to this podcast, or B, be able to obtain a legal representation to fucking <laughs> I wonder, man, like, what was the name of that Herald of Nurgle that Games Workshop came up with? Sloppity Bob Hyper? That <laughs> yeah, one? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's a. Uh... We'll just refer to that guy as Sloppity from now on because <laughs> I can't think of a better name for him. So this next one comes from Reese. He says, ED fishing accident. Uh, My mate was working in the emergency department for a hospital in Sydney. It was early morning around 2 a.m. A guy rushes in asking for someone to come out to his car and help his friend. My friend obliges and goes out to check on what's wrong with this guy. He gets out to the car and finds this dude hunched over in pain in the passenger seat of the car with a fishing rod bent over him coming from the backseat of the car. The friend explains that they were smashing some beers. Dude, this dude's so Australian. <laughs> like, like smashing beers. Yeah. At their house, and they thought it would be a great idea to go fishing. As drunk people often do, they decided to do this naked. What? <laughs> oh, dude, it's cool, bro. We'll just go fishing naked. Uh, <laughs> I didn't bring any fishing clothes. Oh, it's all right. We'll just, we'll just go naked. One of the guys in the group goes to cast his line, and he's casting over his shoulder. His hook catches his friend's dick and gets lodged right in there. They panic and drive him straight to the hospital, as you do. Uh, They didn't even think to cut the line. (laughs) Cheers for any help, and hope you enjoyed this story. Man. There you have it. Pretty Australian right there. Why? Why were they fishing naked? Why was that even an option? Sounds like something else might have been going on there. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't do that. So well. My dad's had a big fucking like treble hooked fishing lure in his head in his ear, and he fished with it all day because his brother they were in a bass boat, two man bass boat. And he did the same thing. Of course, they had clothes on, but it <laughs> my dad in the head, and it fucking went through his hat and stuck into his scalp and my dad's got long hair he fucking looks like Tom Petty had sex with Tom Cruise or something um, he's got kind of long like Mission Impossible one Tom Cruise hair and they couldn't fucking my uh, uncle couldn't see to cut the hook out my dad was like ah fuck it we just got here I'll just drink a few beers it'll be fine so he just fished with it like in his head for eight hours, and then they just went and had it taken out later. That's that's a true American right there. True American hero. That happens all the time. People hit each other with lures and shit in boats. Oh yeah, I've gotten caught. I've gotten a lure stuck in my in my arm before, 
but I can only imagine the pain that you you go through if you get a a lure stuck in your dick. Not so much like the going through it, but like the initial pull of when it like. Well, the only way, the easiest way to get it out is you got to fucking clip the barb part off and then push it. The either you clip you clip the back end of it off and then push it the rest of the way through. Yeah, and slide it out the front because you can't go back because the the actual barb will catch. So you have to just the back and push it through. (laughs) Oh man, so if you, (laughs) I feel like we're gonna get some more calls about fishing hooks here pretty soon. Probably. All right. This next one here. Why were they fishing naked? Uh, I don't know. Michael Montalongo. I'm in room 490. Okay. Uh, my husband just brought our son Derek in. I was wondering if we could get a, a crib up there in our room. Thank you very much, sir. 490. Thank you very much. Do you know who that is? I know who that is. Who is it? Who is it? Jack Charles Ross from Kentucky. Is that Jack? That is Jack. My name is Michael Montalongo. I'm in room 490. Okay. Uh, my husband just brought our son Derek in. I was wondering if we could get a, a crib up there in our room. So about this voicemail here. So if you if you look at our Instagram or our Facebook, I posted up a crib that was just in our fucking room. And I had no idea why somebody brought in a playpen little crib into our room. I didn't even know you could order that. I didn't see a bill for it, so I guess it was complimentary. So <laughs> that was little Jack Ross there, huh? So good one, Jack. Thank you for the crib. Derek did lay in it and almost broke it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he bent the little legs on it, but I hope they didn't see that. There's pics on Facebook of it. Oh, yeah. The next one comes from Philip. It says, Taser story. I have a Taser story to share, so here it goes. I'm going to start off with some background to build up. I've been in the Swedish Army for about 14 years. and in t- Who is this? Oh, Philip. Okay. For about 14 years, and in 2007, me and four fellow NCOs were on leave and decided to go to Miami Beach for a holiday. The last week of the holiday, we ended up in a hostel that was, well, wasn't flashy. Let's keep it let's keep it at that. So anyway, they had some old computers so that customers could check their emails and Facebook. It was kind of new at the time, so I sat, the connecting, I sat there connecting with a friend back <coughs> home when this huge African-American woman wa- <laughs> walks in making some noise. I didn't give it much attention at first. After a while, it intensified, though, and she started throwing things around her. I have no idea what drove her to that state, be it, be it drugs of some sort, must have been involved. So there was a fighty, a fight going on with a skinny guy working at the hospital and this huge African-American lady. He didn't have much a, he didn't have much to day in that fight, but he fended her off well enough not to get hurt too bad. Like 25 seconds in on 25 seconds in the fight 25 seconds into the fight police officer a police officer steps in i'm trying to like it's it's all kind of jumbled words together but i can make it work he must have heard something going on either that or he was superman responding to a police call the skinny hostile guy gets away from her and the cop tries to calm the lady down all while the he the she is mid-rage throwing stuff all around her including at the officer 
So he decides to tase her. She shows no effect whatsoever, confirming some drug use and the fact that this was a big lady. The cop must have called for backup before she stepped in because about two or four minutes after the cop steps in, he fires his taser into her, and she finally went down. Oh, another cop steps in, and he fires his taser, and she finally went down. They could, they finally escorted her out of there. Years after that, I've been tased as a part of training, and I know that shit hurts. But the first one either hit bad or that was one tough fucking lady. So, yeah, that's my taser story. I have an army poop story I could share as well. Let me know if you want to hear it, and I'll send it over. Thanks for doing such a great show. In my opinion, the best horse heresy podcast. Thank you, Philip, and thank you for your taser story. Yeah. And, yes, as a matter of fact, we would love to hear that poop story. Yeah, never feel like you have to ask. Like, <laughs> just, just go ahead and... Fire that bad boy out. <laughs> it reminds me of uh uh you ever seen that dude get tased and like the taser's going like and that dude's just like I'm gonna get you bitch. You ever seen that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Ryan, have you seen it? Uh oh man, here. I'm gonna get you when I get out and fuck it. Here you go, Ryan. Get in on this. I'll I'll post it to the Facebook as well. Oh. No. I'll get you, bitch. <laughs> Dude, just... Dude, just 100% not affected by the taser at all. And points at the lady who called the police says, I'll get you, bitch. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so funny. So, but yeah, go and send in your taser stories and shit stories. Don't even have to ask. Just get them sent in. Ah, oh, so good. So, I think that's going to... Oh, nope. This one comes from Powerful Macca. Hey guys, Mac from Down Under, or how should I say it, like Tim does, from Down Under. Um, Jeez, I've been listening to some of your calls lately and just the stories just aren't doing it for me, guys. So I'm going to give you a couple of Macca stories today. Uh, Up to you if you play it all, but uh, oh, important things first. Just let Ryan know the test results did come back positive, so he needs to get down to the clinic and get checked out. They can help, and it shouldn't be life threatening, but you've got to get on top of it early. Anyway, so a long time back when I first in the army, I'm hanging out in our barracks block, and every morning you got up. Uh, at 6am and you had to like polish all the lamps and clean all the showers, latrines, all that kind of thing. And there was this bloke who was sort of like the, what would you say, the, the biggest dick sucker in the platoon, the guy who wanted to be like the best of the best type thing, probably had visions of himself in like Navy SEALs or something. Um, nice enough guy, but we all know the cock fondlers that are out there. Anyway, this guy decides, oh, no, nah, I'm going to get up out of bed early clean all my stuff ahead of time so then I've got more time to do some other cleaning because he was, you know, too keen. So at about a quarter to six in the morning before Reveille, um, or Reveille, he gets himself up, 
and starts cleaning all his stuff, polishing the brass for his uniform, all that kind of thing. And in these rooms, you have a desk. And this is where all like, your polish and your cloths and all that's kept in this top drawer of your desk. And then above the desk, built into the wall, is this lampshade that hangs out. So this guy grabs, opens up the drawer, grabs out his polish, grabs out his buffing cloth. He's going to go polish this lampshade. So he leans forward over the desk. And the next thing that happens is this horrible scream just blasts through the barracks block. And we're all like, what the fuck is this? Who's screaming out? And we go to investigate. So everyone's obviously got up at this point. And we find this guy. And what's happened is he's leant forward to clean the lampshade over the desk. And as he's leant forward in these baggy pyjamas that he was wearing, his nutsack has dropped into the top of the drawer. And his legs have then pressed the drawer shut. And he's clamped his nuts like a vice between the desk and the drawer while he's trying to clean this fucking lampshade, the idiot. Ow. is uh, one of the earliest experiences I can remember where I just immediately cringed uh, like like an adult cringe, not just watching like funniest home videos when someone cops a crotch shot. This was where like you walked in and you just had that wince, like when the guys come in and something about Mary and seeing with the dick in the zipper. Yeah, oh. same sort of thing. You see a grown man hanging by his testicles out of a drawer. That's something. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's not good. Do you get a purple heart for that, Scott? No, no, I don't think you get anything for that. I think you get bad insurance for that, if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can only imagine, like, I'm wincing right now. <laughs> like, it, I'm, I'm feeling the same kind of pain down there when Ryan told the story of him sitting on the freaking <laughs> kitchen floor. Alright. He sent another one too. So for this next story, I guess you could call it an animal attack, um, but it's more of an attack of stupid. So we're out in exercise with these US Marines and a lot of them were pretty young, pretty fresh, uh, hadn't been to places like Australia before, hadn't really been around the world at all. These are only young kids, you know, straight out of bumfuck Idaho and probably where Ryan lives, somewhere like that. And you know, nice guys, don't get me wrong, but the first thing you got to do with guys like that is play pranks on them. And the Australians are masters of pranking cunts. So we're out field, and we've been out field for quite a while at this point, hence why the pranks were really starting to get out of control. And um, so these guys are hanging out with us, and one of the blokes is like, hey, Macca, watch this, watch this. So he gets out his electric razor, and he pulls out his charging cable, plugs it into the razor... Looks like it's now powered off the cable, right? So he goes up to the tree, cuts a couple of notches in it, plugs it in, pretends to switch it on. Ah, nothing. Goes up to the next tree, does the same thing. Cuts some holes in it, plugs the charger in, pretends to switch it on. Nah, nothing. Meanwhile, the US Marines are starting to watch him. They're like, what the fuck is this Aussie up to? Fucking idiot. Gets up to the next tree, cuts another couple of notches in it, turns on the battery-powered shaver. All these Americans are, oh, my God, what is that? Oh, yeah, mate, that's an electric tree. Got them everywhere in Australia. Just got to find one that's charged up. Electric tree? Never heard of it. And, of course, next thing that happens is a whole bunch of American 
soldiers, these Marines, running around cutting notches in trees trying to get power for their phones and all this other electronic shit they had. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> but um, it was a whole bunch of pranks we played on. One of them was the thing we called the Hoop Snake. So everyone knows about drop bears, but there's this other one called a Hoop Snake. And there's this bird out there called a Curlew. And a Curlew has this sort of, they call it a rape bird or a murder bird because it sounds like someone getting attacked. It's got this weird, creepy scream. Anyway, this thing would go off and you just hear like this horrible screaming, whining noise and they'd be like, man, what, what, what the fuck is that? And you'd be like, oh, mate, that's, that's a hoop snake, you know? A hoop snake? What the fuck's a hoop snake? You say, oh, well, there's this snake and what it does is instead of like slithering around, it curls up and makes like a tire shape, like a, like a bicycle tire, and then it rolls through the forest real fast, hunting down prey. And that's the sound of the one going past. Oh, oh are they fast? Oh, oh, only, only about like 30, 40 mile an hour. 40 mile an hour? Jesus Christ, is, is it dangerous? Oh, yeah, but they, we, we call them a taipan normally. Taipan, and they, they get these little pamphlets when they come out to place like Australia that says like the do's and do not touches. You know, like basically it's just don't touch anything because it'll kill you because it's Australia. So these guys are like flicking through these pamphlets. Taipan? Jesus Christ, it's like the deadliest snake in the fucking world. I'm like, ah, oh, nah, she'll be right, mate. Next thing you know, these poor Americans are looking around in the bushes every time they hear these curly birds <laughs> having a scream. They think there's a hoop snake <laughs> whirling through the bush about to get them. Oh, very cruel, I know, these poor, like, 17, 18-year-old kids. But, hey, this is the shit you get up to, right? <laughs> I'm all right. All right, it's got to... You just fucking terrify an, <laughs> an entire unit of, of Marines. Oh, Power well Marines. played. Well played. Super awesome. Someone should have told him the secret about how to capture capture those marines you just take a box and put a stick on it and then tie a string to that stick and then under that box put a box of crayola crayons you boom get them every time man it's her favorite snack <laughs> <laughs> oh perfect so that's it that's all we got for voicemails boys Guys, if you want to send a voicemail, you can call us at 209-RFI-30K0. If you want to, if you're an international listener and you want to do like Macca did and just record it and email it to us, you can send it to me, Michael, at warmer30k.com, and we'll play it live. Uh, Definitely something you'll want to consider if you want your event shouted out because this way it's guaranteed uh, to get listened to over everything. So works for me uh so we before we go into the adepticon breakdown uh i did want to go ahead and touch base and uh, oh shit <laughs> apparently michael is also sick ryan uh he says i have it now as well so there's an update for the australians looks like everybody has con crud uh that was all kissing in the heresy room so what can you do so, anyway, before we go to the Adepticon breakdown, I did want to touch some bases here. Uh, first off, guys, I want to say thank you to everybody that donated uh, to the Toys for Tots charity uh, auctions that Powerful Jamie runs. Uh, he did send us a 
message to let you know that there's a Space Wolf auction ready to go up this week. Uh, currently, they're looking for White Scar stuff like Sakarans, Predators, Knights, Knight Asheron specifically, that's what it says. It looks like they're looking for Sons of Horus stuff. And, and of course, Death Guard, we have everything but pads, transfers, and flim flams. All the units are not in my hands, are on order. So, just letting you guys know. So, if you'll have any of those things you want to donate, Sakarans, Predators, Knight Asherons, or anything Sons of Horus, or any Death Guard pads, transfers, or anything Death Guard related, uh, shoot an email to Jamie, that's J A M E, at Warhammer30k.com, and you can go ahead and support the Toys for Tots charity auction let jamie know especially if you're wanting to get a tax write-off because he can help out with that as well i think he gives you a form to show that you donated uh because everything is for charity uh so the space wolf auction comes up this coming up week so keep an eye for that out for that and that's something that we will definitely be posting uh on the facebook as well so rock and roll so anyway Let's do an Adepticon breakdown. So. Breakdown. Yeah. So, I guess, man, like, we could talk about what we actually did. did what, I can't remember. Have we taken uh, the Australian shooting yet whenever they had come in? No, they hadn't gone shooting, right? Like, when we last recorded? No, they hadn't done any of that stuff yet. So... I guess just like starting out with like Tim and Michael flew in. We picked him up from the airport. Uh, we played a fun game of guess whether the person coming off the Sydney plane is uh, Australian or Texan or, you know, anything else. And it was pretty easy. You just had to keep an eye out for flip flops. Um, and then you just listen for their accent to verify whether or not they are. Uh, but that Monday before we started driving for Adepticon, we actually took uh, Tim and Michael to a deer lease and they got to shoot AR-15 shotguns. They shot a 50 cal. They shot Josh's 1919 and they just went to town on everything. And I mean, it was like one of those things where they were just excited to, I get, I mean, shoot everything that we had to offer. Uh, everybody kind of got together. Everybody brought their own guns and like nobody was out there caring about ammo <laughs> especially not Josh with the 1919 just letting those dudes run through a full belt of 308 uh, he had the 30 out 6 to 308 conversion on it so we're just unloading on stuff and it was oh such a fucking good time out there uh, so glad we got to take Tim and Michael out shooting and let them do that then we started our drive started our kickoff for Depticon we started that on Tuesday at 3am uh, met up with uh with Josh at his shop. Then we drove over to New Braunfels to load up into Zach's van. And we kicked off, man. We kicked off, stopped to get some barbecue in Texarkana at some, like, I don't know, some famous barbecue cook stand or something like that. It was all right. It was pretty spicy. Not good on that front. But then we went to uh, St. Louis that night, took a pit stop, has stayed right next to the the arch we got a pretty cool uber driver to drive us around i got to finally eat some white castle man and you know i'm so fucking glad i did i actually regret not getting it again a second time while i was in chicago 
because I was so happy and impressed with it. Um, <laughs> so we were, so because I knew that we were going to get, be getting white castle, I definitely wanted to do some drinking before I, I ate it. And so we were all at this Irish pub that was connected to our, our hotel. And I ordered, you know, double after double of whiskey coming in. And as well, Zach was there drinking with me and well, Zach and Josh. And so I called an Uber to take me to this white castle and he was a cool dude. And I guess at some point we ordered that like 22 burgers or 20 burgers or something like that. It comes like 20 burgers. And if you order 20, it comes in a little suitcase thing called a crave case. Oh, so they didn't give us the crave case, but we definitely ordered that. And so they give us two bags, right? And Zach, like the Uber driver pulled up to the passenger window. So Zach could like do all the transaction and everything. And Zach gets two bags and says, okay, we're good. And we leave and we get to the hotel and like we go through it. And like, there was like six burgers in one of the bags. So like, I guess they weren't finished giving us our burgers <laughs> and it was already like, a $10 ride over there for Uber. So it was like, Oh, well, I guess we just got to make deal with these. So actually it's probably like eight, eight or nine burgers. Now that I think about it. But so I ate four of them little guys and was decently full after I also ate some like chicken onion ring things. I don't know what the fuck those were. They're like chicken rings. Chicken rings. Chicken rings. Yeah. I ate a couple of those. I wasn't so impressed with those, but the, the burgers themselves, man, I was, very fucking happy that I ate those little guys. They were so greasy, so good. They just like were so soft. Like we have a place down here called Grandies. I don't know if y'all do as well, but we have Grandies that has like these super soft like buns, and it was like a Grandies bun burger. It was so fucking good. I'm so jealous that y'all have that now, and we'll definitely find myself again eating White Castle late. So. After that, man, we woke up early in the morning, found out that uh, Joel Ivey from uh, West Texas and his boys had also dri- were driving to Adepticon, and they had also slept in St. Louis that night. Uh, so they posted something up saying, just got to the hotel in St. Louis, blah, blah, blah. And I think they got in a lot later than we did. And I sent them a message back. I said, we're in St. Louis because we've all met each other at Stiff and, of course, in Chicago and all that stuff before at Adepticon. And so Joel came over to the hotel. We chilled and ate with him. Well, he they had eaten at their hotel. He came over to our hotel, saw them in the morning, and then we all kicked off heading to uh, heading to Adepticon. So we finished up that six-hour drive. It was kind of like a mini race. Uh, we, if you If you actually look at the the forgotten legion 30k live you'll see that at some point the gps offered to save us 22 minutes and told us to take this ridiculous back road that saved us no time but it took us like methville like it took us like all these like really run down houses with like broken in doors and shit like doors off the hinges and like just wild and i don't know why apple maps did that or why it thought that it would save us time but it definitely did did not save us time and then uh, we, uh, as we were like on our second, well, as we were leaving St. Louis, we decided to get some gas and we found this like gas station and we pulled down this road to fill up with gas and like we're pulled down this road to get back on the highway and it turns out this road does not ever connect with the highway again, it actually just leads you into the country. And so we had to flip, <laughs> we had to flip a U-turn and while we're flipping this U-turn, 
I see this insanely nice building uh, with, and it says like SB Knives, I believe. I believe it was SB Knives. And I just said like, man, I was like, that building, that was a knife shop. And Josh is like, really? I said, yeah. I was like, and we're, we're sitting there thinking about it. I was like, okay, for one, it's on the side of the highway. It's super nice. They got a huge sign and it looks like all they sell is knives. I was like, this must be like a really fucking nice knife shop because they got a brick and mortar that's doing for well for itself on the side of a highway that like nobody ever goes down. I was like, they're on this like random ass road. I was like, they must be really good knife shop. And so Josh is like, well, you want to go stop? I was like, fuck it, man. We're on the road. We may as well do some exploring. So we go to this knife shop and it turns out like this SB knives or whatever it is, is, like one of the number one knife sellers on the internet. And they just happen to have a brick and mortar in this tiny town near St. Louis. And like, that's just where they are. And so we walk in there and it's like the full selection of every fucking knife you could ever think of like Gerber, Kershaw, like every single knife that you could ever imagine is in that fucking place. Just behind a glass case. It was insane, dude. And we're like, Josh bought some like insanely expensive knife from there, like a little switchblade thing. Uh, I picked up me and my dad a Kershaw because why not? And but so the entire time they were down here, Tim and Michael were talking like how excited they were to see like some of the stuff they could buy here. Like that just is insane on prices. Like we took them to our our local academy, and Michael was like, "Oh man, you know like." Uh, 511 gear is so expensive in Australia. It's like 400 times the price or 400 percent the price it is down here. And uh, so we go in there, and unfortunately, Tim and Michael they were in the other van, like on their way trucking to Chicago. We had this like detour, and I walk in there, and they have a full aisle of like 511 gear, like every 511 like pouch, like every 511 backpack that you could think to offer. They've got just full fucking like full selection of everything and i was like oh poor michael like i'm so sorry you're in the van so, so i'll get the name the, the proper name for that and i'll post it in the show notes because it was actually a super nice knife shop and what was insane was the there was like this 19 year old kid working at the register and i was asking him i was like man i was like you know i want to get a knife but i definitely would like to have some sort of knife sharpener because i'm garbage at sharpening knives and whatever you would recommend, I would definitely like to pick that up. And this kid was like, oh, yeah, try this kit. They've got YouTube videos on how to, like, sharpen your knives and everything. This is the way to go. And Josh was asking us. He's like, hey, man, which knife would you prefer? Like, he's trying to buy these knives. He's like the one with the black coating or the one with the stainless steel coating or whatever. And this kid goes, oh, well, even if you go with the coated version, uh, you still got whatever rated steel it was underneath that. So you're going to be fine. Like, this kid was, like, totally knowledgeable about like these knives he was selling like down to the steel they're made from like and he just knew it from memory i was like jesus christ this guy's a savant this boy knows all of his knives so it's just rare to find somebody that like works retail that like knows their product at that level nowadays you know so it's pretty nice so uh after that we finished our trek to adepticon we finally made it to schaumburg finally checked into the hotel uh, thankfully the Renaissance let me have my hotel room a day early. So I didn't have to go nuts, but with anybody as in the sleeping arrangement, uh, other than Derek, <laughs> but we did have a king size bed. So it did definitely separate us there. Uh, and we kind of met up with everybody. The only thing about Adepticon was the insane amount of people there. Like that you knew it was pretty much impossible to like, get them all together and to like 
coordinate a meal or something with that. Like I felt so shitty. Me. It's just like, like there's just, you're looking at like, you know, for one, we had a ton of our people that we know just from like the podcast. And then we have our actual friend, like, well, actually I think they're all actually friends, but then we have like our friends that are there just from Texas. And it was just like coordinating anything with that amount of people was just fucking insane. So you just kind of had to like break off into a group. It's like you, you and you, we got to go eat. Let's go eat. Like, let's just bounce. And that, that was like the only way it was just so wild. There was so much like, individuals there and there was so much to do but there was just not enough time to do it um i don't know i mean we got there that night we we ate and then we ryan was setting up uh for his event so we started opening ryan's totes getting some of that terrain onto tables and getting that set up that was you coming in ryan for for your event the next day uh so i i can't remember i think we went to Patillos or pastillos or something like that to go eat that night. I picked up all the Heresy Camp flyers from the front desk at the Renaissance and then got my hotel room. And I think me, John Christensen, and Derek went to that Patillos place. It was pretty fucking good. Uh, then the next day was Ryan's event. The Ascendancy to Ruin went super good, like super fantastic. Uh, the event. Uh, his tables, for one, were fucking great. Uh, Ryan, you did a fantastic job on your terrain. Every single one of your tables was probably the best table at Adepticon. Like, just, like, not even sets of tables. You can look at your table and then go compare it to every 40K event, every, like, Infinity event. You absolutely had the best terrain at Adepticon in your event. Just want to say that flat out. Like, unbiased Thank opinion. You. Just letting you know you did a fantastic job. So... Uh, that Thursday was your event, correct? It was that Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Yep. So I played a couple (laughs) games. I played my first game against Lucas Lyon and his Alpha Legion list and got my ass handed to me. Uh, That list is very powerful. It's a, and Lucas is a great player. So I have no qualms against that list or, or playing against him. Uh, he shredded me with all of his Alpha Legion jet bikes who all had Tank Hunter. And when you start applying Tank Hunter to Strength 5, and all of my girls have vehicles with side armor of 11, so he just was eating through armor like nothing, just shredding my stuff like paper. And he got to the point where like he was like super confident in the mission and super confident uh, that he was doing well that he started like doing stuff you tactically normally wouldn't do. Like it's like high risk where like you deep strike your storm Eagle directly behind a, uh, uh, a knight and unload your veterans just because you know, you're, you're up in point. So he ended up doing some stuff like that and it just, I mean, he wiped me. It was just, uh, it was a great game though. I still had fun regardless of like getting my ass handed to me. Uh, my game two, I was teamed up with uh with rick powerful rick and jay against luke josh and i believe that dude's name is alex and we played it was my sisters of silence rick's alpha legion and jay's iron warriors all loyalists like even though whatever and we were paired up against josh's insane amount of imperial militia uh luke's Trader Iron Warriors and I believe Trader Iron Hands. 
and <laughs> so it was, it was very very weird setup there and that game we we it was the game where we had to pick secretly what objectives we wanted to do where it was like weighed out it's like okay uh table quarters we ranked really high objectives we ranked second high and then the third thing we ranked was like uh uh like not so much table quarters it was like you got certain points for your deployment zone and stuff like that and so we ranked all of our stuff highly into the deployment zone and knowing josh i just assumed he was going to go kill points because that's just how he plays and it turns out we were all ranked exactly the same. So we were all going for the same stuff. And so Josh put like 140 Imperial militia on top of objectives, like within like the first two turns. And it was just like no way to clear that many people off of there. So we just like went in for contest and it was just the brutal amount of just meat grinding we would have to do to get those objectives was just not going to happen. And Josh knew that he's just sitting there dumping Gorgons out and just dumping them and dumping them worth of dudes, uh, while we're getting bombarded with Basilis. So, uh, we, we ended up losing that mission, but still had a great time playing. It was still super tons of fun. Uh, everybody in that event that I saw had a super cool list. Um, hearing about Lehman Russ getting fucking annihilated in the first turn was hilarious, but kind of shitty at the same time. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about the event, Ryan? What what happened there? Or anything no, you saw? It seemed to run pretty smooth. I didn't like hear any like too much belly aching or whatever. Everybody seemed to like it. Everybody seemed to like the missions. Everybody seemed to like the tables. Um, we allowed everyone to play, so like the event was only supposed to be for 30, but I was able to get some extra tables done. And then we just ended up because there was only two guys that didn't have a table. We just made one of the one-on-one -on -one missions, a two on two mission on the fly so that everyone could play and everybody was cool with that. So we ended up getting 40 people to play. That's fucking fantastic, dude. That's freaking awesome. It looked like everybody's having a good time, man. Uh, Everybody brought a narrative army. Everybody brought a nicely painted army as far as I could see. I I mean, there was individuals coming up from the 40K games just to look at not only the terrain, but to see the, the pro-painted armies and things like that. And I need to shout out my boy Jeff. He brought custodes. For one, they were some of the best custodes I've ever seen looks-wise. And two, his list had no shield captain, no heraton guard, no jet bikes, no telemon, none of that bullshit. He had one transport tank, one heavy support tank, and then everything else was more of like the basic infantry, and then he had a smattering of sisters in there, including his HQ. Um, everyone, both both uh, games that he played, the people had a good time with him. Um, so that shows that if you try and you're a cool dude and you regulate shit and pay the hobby tax and all that, um, it really goes a long way into making friends and you really jump out as somebody that's fun to play with and people look forward to playing you instead of dreading playing you. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. I didn't really see anybody with dick kicker list, uh, out there. I, I didn't get to see all of them, of course. Uh, but as far as I, as far as talking to everybody that was actually in the event, it sounded like everybody had a fucking great time, dude. It was just pictures after pictures after pictures. Like there'd be stuff going down and then like, uh, it was this like I, I don't I don't know if it was like just because a mixture of like Lucas's super nicely painted like bases 
and then like my mass amount of acquisitors but we just had people coming up to our game over and over and over again just like snapping pictures of like the game that was going on they just get a bunch of pictures of like lucas's bases and like his like his all of his jet bikes and then they'd go in and take like a bunch of pictures of like my knight's faces and then they it was it was pretty wild man it was like people were seeing stuff they'd never seen before like on those tables so it was a super good time so that was i thought i was gonna have to tear everything down after the event and it was gonna be kind of a pain in the ass but the great legion guys nathan and um mark Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sick. I'm fucking blanking everybody's name. But anyway, like they had the big, I said Nathan because he was the one that I had to get cleaned up for. Uh, he was running the big blam on those tables. He ended up just using a lot of my terrain, which made it nice. And then we asked Derek and uh, Eric about using it as well. And it worked out for them. So it ended up my terrain got used the whole weekend, which was nice. I didn't have to pick it up until Sunday. And it worked out well for everyone because they didn't have to pick anything up and rearrange tables and all that. So it was a win-win. It really was a really good uh, collaboration. And shit went really smooth. And it, that's a lot. A lot of that is what's played into me accepting on going back next year. Those guys are so easy to work with. Had a great time. Um, they're always so nice. Um, it's it's just it's really cool. And they run Nova Open too. So if you don't get a chance to go to Adepticon, you live out there on the East Coast, make sure you get a chance to go to Nova. And uh, I talked to those guys, and they'd actually like to come on here and talk about Nova a little bit. So hopefully we can get them on the podcast here fairly soon to talk about that. Heck yeah, I'd absolutely love to have them on an episode just to pick their brains a little bit, man. Those guys always come up with like some – insane like new like method I don't, I don't know it's always they're always like setting the standard for for events and stuff like that it's just working with those guys is always a pleasure it's really good so anyway that was thursday uh what did you end up doing friday ryan friday i had a painting class it was painting metals um, I believe, no. So Thursday night, right after my event, I had a class with Mr. Justin on doing weathering powders. And I actually did this base right here. So he had just gotten off a plane. Um, and we did this base. It was like a hour, hour and a half long class, something like that. It was fun. After we got done with that, we went at Nate on Friday or on Thursday. And then Friday morning, I had a metal planing class with, uh, his last name is P-A-W-A-L-S, uh, Pauls. Pauls, I don't know how to pronounce it. Right. He's friends with Damon Thresher and Celso and all those guys. He lives out in California. Um, he specializes in doing metallics and, like, um, washes and stuff over metallics. He had a really cool class. Um, he had some really unique tips that I'll definitely be using when applying washes over metallics that are really cool. Um it was a really easygoing class, pretty experimental. We did like an elven shield um, that was like a gold color. And then we did like a, a piece of like ogre kingdom's armor that was like a silver color that was more weathered. Um, pretty cool. After that, I took a class with Sergio Calvo, 
So Sergio has painted a lot of the Dark Age miniatures. Did you get to look at the Dark Age miniatures in the Dark Age case and see how beautiful they are? Yeah, how well they are painted? They're bonkers, yeah. So he's won the last two Crystal Brushes, I believe, and he got second place this year. And um, his nickname is Cappy because he looks like Who's the guy that played Human Torch and now plays Captain America, the American actor? Chris, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah. yeah that's he, Chris Evans. <laughs> that's what he looks like. He's a Spanish guy that looks like that. So everybody gives him the nickname Cappy. And he's fucking hilarious. Sergio is a funny motherfucker, man. And he was all worried about his English. He's like, um, <sighs> my English isn't good, so you know, bear with me and all this. So he would get hung up on a word. And the class would like shout out words. So if somebody would shout out a word, then somebody would shout out a synonym, uh, a synonym. And we'd go through like five words until he found the one he wanted to use. So we were kind of like teaching him some funny English words, like different ones. And he liked that. And he was just a super nice, fun guy. His class was the longest I took. I think it was close to three hours. It was a skin painting class. Um, I know you can't see it. I painted this little face. I think I showed it to you at Adepticon. Yep. Um, Looks good. He's got a system called uh, Cappy Basis System. He's also got a patron and a YouTube channel. So if you look up Sergio Calvo, um, maybe we can throw a link for it up on our show. He's a super nice guy. Like I said, he was worried about his English, but I didn't have any problem with it. I actually thought it added to the class and was even more fun that way. The funniest thing was the class before taught him the word bullshit. He'd never heard that word before, and it turned into be like his new favorite word. So he likes the word bullshit a lot, which was hilarious. Um, but his work is phenomenal. If you just type in Sergio Calvo on Google and click images, you'll just be blown away by how good his stuff is. Um, my wife took that class with me, and she had a really good time, too. Um, her little um, uh, female face came out better than mine. Everybody said so. Michael from Australia said so. I think the teacher said so. So... Yeah, so she did better than me in that class as well. Time to get a t-shirt. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, I'm like, oh, and however many against her over the last couple painting classes. Uh, but that's what I did on Friday, and then I just kind of hung out and like went shopping. I went and grabbed Tim and Michael. We walked around the vendor hall. Um, I introduced them to Brian Steele that runs Dark Age and all that. Um, they met some of my local gaming guys. Um, just kind of an easy day. Um, so that was my Friday. What about yours? Uh, so my Friday was painting classes. Uh, uh, let me see. Let me see if I can pull up my schedule. I think my painting classes started at eight and then I think they finally let out at eight 30. Uh, let me see. So, yeah, my Friday was uh, – first class I took was the art of painting black and white with Caleb Wissenbach. And so it was good. Man, Caleb's such a good teacher, man. That class was uh, three and a half hours, and, it, and basically he was showing you how to brush paint black and to make these extreme highlights and showed you, like, the percentages of painting blacks and painting whites. Uh, it was definitely, definitely an interesting class. The only problem is uh, I thought it might – I thought it was going to be an airbrushing class, but it was an actual brush painting class. And it's kind of funny how, like, uh, it's like, well, how do you paint blacks, Caleb? It's like, oh, well, normally I'd use an airbrush. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like, but in, in this case, you know, I'll show you how to do it with brushes. So uh, it was an interesting class. Took a lot from it. Uh, basically <coughs> learned how to 
uh, non-metal metallics, super gloss black. This is the only way I could describe the whole class. And uh, super bright white. And uh, speaking of crystal brush, man, I was sitting next to a guy named Nick. Uh, he's an older gentleman, probably doesn't listen to this podcast uh, or any podcast. And uh, he was talking to me, and he had this bust that he brought with him, right? And this bust had this, like, beautiful, like, painted miniature. It was like a it was a knight, like a 120th scale, like, knight bust. And he had, like, this white cloak on. He had this, like, insane metal, like, chain mail on top of his head. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, dude, did you paint that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I painted this. Uh, I, I'm an airbrusher. I paint military models and things like that. And I was like, man, I was like, that's really good. Like, what are you doing in this class? And he goes, oh, I really need help uh, learning on my whites. And I'm like trying to definitely figure out new techniques on how to paint my whites uh, because I, uh, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure on like the best technique. And I'm looking at his stuff and I'm looking at this cloak. It's like that white on your cloak looks insane. Like it looks like that actually looks like cloth. He goes, yeah, well, you're never, you know, he's like, you're never good enough not to learn anything. So, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm just here just learning. And I, I thought that was like the craziest thing because like this dude, like he's like, yeah, I got something submitted in crystal brush. And it was this uh, 135th scale uh, Nazi half track like stuck in the snow and like there's all these dudes trying to push this half track out of the snow and they're trying to get it and he's like done water effects with like broken up ice and everything like that and it's just wild dude i was like this is insane but definitely he was in there taking that class just getting his knowledge on uh pretty wild dude pretty pretty nice guy too shout out to him uh so i took that class and then uh uh the next class we had was uh, or I had was that airbrushing one-on-one with Aaron Lovejoy and that's Aaron Lovejoy from miniature monthly. And dude, that was such a cool class. It was kind of like if, uh, David Sampson were to run a airbrushing one-on-one class, uh, dude, a super laid back. He was super like, uh, he explained why he did things the way he did and like how he fucked up for a long time. And, uh, he was telling us that he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm pretty new to airbrushing. And he's like, and I'll tell you all what. He's like, when I first started learning how to airbrush, he goes, I was doing a commission painting with uh, three of those Games Workshop flamethrower airbrushes. And so oh like, my God. he's like, I'd have to go oh buy. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, I'd have to go buy cans of the propellant. And he's like, I had one for my dark colors, one for my <laughs> light colors, and one for my medium colors. Uh, because, you, didn't, you know, it's Jesus. just like, it was so wild, man. And he goes, and then for a long time, probably about two years after that, I was using the uh, that model master airbrush that come, that came with my uh, my compressor, and he's like, and I was doing commissions off of that, and so he, he's sitting there, and like he was the first guy to to kind of like run us through his cleaning method, which kind of like a loose and easy cleaning method, and uh, he was also one of the guys that that first introduced us to inks, and showed us all the different like methods to use inks and how they basically you can buy opaque inks and uh how they'll respond extremely well to a filter once you once you use them for highlighting and stuff like that and it's just i mean that's what i'm using that i'm using the uh the dowler what is it the the i can't remember the ink name immediately off the top of my head but uh i'm using the the white ink the white opaque ink now on my imperial fist and i'm painting and then applying a filter after them so Definitely a lot came out of that class. 
then the class I had after that was the Ken Badger uh, choosing, using, maintaining, and troubleshooting your airbrush, which was insanely, insanely useful. I mean, just hands down, learning how to clean your airbrush properly was a big deal. Uh, but Ken Badger definitely, definitely breaks down all of the different. Have you ever taken a class with Ken, uh, Ryan? No. Yeah. So he breaks down and lets you know 100% about airbrushes in general, and he's very intent on not selling his airbrushes to you while he's there but he does explain like if you are using a patriot 105 don't do this and like he's explaining how you do not want to use brushes inside your airbrushes because it'll scratch the brass and it'll make little micro caverns in there and all this stuff and he like gives you the 100 percent do's and don'ts of the class uh so i take this full class i've learned exactly how to clean my airbrush i learned exactly how all the do's and don'ts and everything like that and he stops and he goes hey man he goes just let y'all know, um, I hope y'all got y'all's money out of this class having to having it in person, but I just want to let you all know everything that you've done in this class is on YouTube, and this entire class is on YouTube, and he told us where to find it, and I actually posted that on our Facebook page. So if you want like the complete ins and outs of how to use your Badger Patriot and I guess just airbrush in general and how to pick an airbrush and everything like that, uh, there's a full, a full class, about like an hour and a half long, uh, that Ken actually talks about on YouTube and, and gives like some insane advice on like a hundred percent, like how not to ruin your airbrush. And it, it's super useful. It was a super good class. I'm, I'm glad I took it. Uh, I definitely understand all the ins and outs of my one Oh five now and on my Sotar. And I know the different uses for a micro detail brush versus just a normal detail brush and everything like that. So that was that was probably one of the most informative classes I've ever taken for airbrush. Like out of the whole time I was there, just learning that ins and outs. Uh, so that was from two thirty to four. Then from four thirty to six, I took the art of airbrushing, getting started with uh, Caleb Wissenbach, and so got to see him again. And he just gave a straight up class on how to airbrush, basically very similar to. Uh, Aaron Lovejoy's class, which is just like getting you in there, getting started, teaching his cleaning method. So officially I've learned three different cleaning methods on how to use an airbrush. And he ran full down everything that I needed to learn on painting airbrush. It was a lot of, a lot of the stuff was overlapping, but one of the cool things that he brought in was painting on like a satin paper, like a cardstock uh, to, to choose your air pressure correctly and things like that. So, uh, 100% worth it. And then uh, from 6.30 to 8, uh, so this officially was from 8.30 to 8 p.m. was my entire day. So from 6.30 to 8, I took uh, Ghost Tents with uh, with Caleb. And that was a freeform class. I really didn't know how freeform worked. Uh, so that was just like kids finger painting. So they just give you all the, like they give you the full line of Ghost Tents from Minotaire and you just go to town painting a dragon. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, we all painted <laughs> a dragon. So that's kind of weird. I left that class early to go find you guys and, and things like that. I was like, oh, thanks. Cool. Thanks. I'm out. Not much. I don't think I'll. Uh, I mean, these are awesome, but, you know, 
doesn't really work out. How too dare well. you not paint that goddamn dragon? How <laughs> dare you? I did, and I left it in my hotel room. I was like, ah, I don't want this dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I don't need this. I dragon, painted but... a, I painted it silver, <laughs> and then I painted it yellow and orange, and so I had a gold dragon. And I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. <laughs> Thank you. But very fun class. I mean, you could sit there and ask a. Uh, Caleb, all of his different methods. He taught us a really cool method on how to paint glowing green with uh, with the ghost tints. That was fucking badass. I just wish I had more uses for glowing green stuff. So, uh, so anyway, that was Friday. Anything else you did Friday, Ryan? You want to talk about? It's pretty much it, man. So, uh, then came Saturday. Uh, I took my dry brushing class with Duncan. Uh, that was exactly what you imagined that class would be. Uh, just learning how to dry brush. As simple, you use all Games Workshop paints, all Games Workshop brushes. So you just 100% learn how to dry brush. We dry brushed a Tyranid. It looked good when we were done. And Duncan Rhodes is like extremely friendly, even though you know he's kind of like a a nerd celebrity. He's still like willing to get there next to you. Like he offered the most one-on-one training that of uh, like any of the classes. Like he actually like went up to each and every individual person, looked at your model, and gave you a critique on it. Uh, and he told right. me at least four times that my model looked great. So I've got. I want to get a shirt that says <laughs> "Say you know. No More." <laughs> You're fi- you were feeling yourself after that. You were feeling pretty extra. <laughs> 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 look at my hormigon or look at my termagon duncan Rhodes said it's great <laughs> so were you seen later with a fucking monocle on and a <laughs> pair of white gloves strolling about i went i went straight to the crystal brush table and i said go ahead and let's go ahead and get a late entry in there <laughs> my <laughs> my termagon just mail this to my residence if you'd like just send the trophy on over <laughs> If, uh, if y'all just want to go ahead and get that going, I think I think one of the judges might be on my side. So uh, then uh, later on, I had the hands-on. This was another long day. 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. were all my classes. Uh, so the next class I took with hands-on weathering with Justin McCoy, uh, it was hands-on weathering airbrushing, and he taught us the uh, uh, the hairspray technique. And so, like, basically, hairspray and salt, we learned that technique. You could probably find it on YouTube. It was pretty simple. It was an easy class. Just showed you how to chip with hairspray and things like that. Uh, Justin, Mr. Justin from Secret Web Miniatures, very, very uh, much a character. Super cool guy. Super nice. Has supported every event that we've run and just, like, is as nice in person as, like, he seems to be over email and stuff like that so uh then i had the art of airbrushing primaris marines with caleb Wissenbach, and so i painted up an imperial fist with caleb and it was a primaris imperial fist but all the techniques that i learned from that class like are directly being applied to the imperial fist i'm painting right now minus the colors the colors are the only thing different and that was just like a straight up just transferred directly over and all the methods I learned there, just like building up different shadings, building up a filter, uh, doing the highlights with like a brighter color and things like that, and then filtering it all back in, is just like a hundred percent knowledge I could transfer over, and that just changed the whole game up for me. Uh, and then that was it. 
That is all the classes I took that day. And then I went to go back hang out back. All right. My Saturday, all I did was play in the Heresy narrative doubles. Oh yeah. And um, so I met this cool dude named Robert. Um, Robert plays Solar Auxilla. Um, super nice guys from uh, Virginia. So we just got kind of paired up. He said he needed somebody that could uh, be like a speedboat to keep because his army sucked at assault. So he's like, if I could just get somebody to push forward and speedboat for all my solar rocks, I got a lot of shooting. So I was like, well, I got a bunch of tough, fast Death Guard and Land Raiders. I think I'm your man. <laughs> so that's what yeah, we did. Great. So we got paired up against uh, Powerful Annihilator and Michael John from Australia, our first game. And... I think between the two of them, they had like seven land raiders, and then I had four, <coughs> and then Robert had a whole bunch of uh, solar rocks tanks. So it was like a big armored warfare battle in the city. It was a really, really good fight. Michael John was playing ultramarines, and Ed was playing space wolves with his Praetor stormy eyes. It was a really fun game. Australians are always fucking fun to be around and hang out with. Anyway, Michael John and Ed are both exceptionally uh, cool dudes. Yes. Um, had, had a super great time with them. Um, we ended up fairly close in the first couple turns, and then we had a really, 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 really good turn. I believe it was either turn three. I think it was turn three. And we ended up really decimating our army, and then it was pretty much downhill from there. Um, there was one team, and they listened to the show, but it is what it is. I can't pull punches. Um, there was one list that jumped out at that narrative event that nobody wanted to fight against. It was, uh, had custodes in it. Um, everybody was kind of grumbling about it. Um, it was a pretty non-chill list. It probably belonged in the other competitive event that was going on at the same time. So we happened to be on the board where if you controlled the center objective... Um, you could drop, you could give a strength 10 AP2 large blast out um, to any table. So we basically made sure we controlled that the whole game and ended up giving five or six large blasts to the people <laughs> <against Pesco's> player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so it didn't avail them. The custodes still won. Uh, but we tried to help out as much as possible. That's saying so much that they were just like, fine. Like, oh, yeah, you five strength 10 blasts on our table. We'll be all right. Yeah, and it's just it's kind of a bummer. I mean, they didn't seem like bad dudes. I don't know if it was their first Adepticon or what. I mean, they weren't like talking shit or whatever as far as I know. And nobody that – I didn't hear any direct grumbling like these guys are dicks. It was just people clearly didn't want to play against that list when you go to the hallway – you couldn't pick matchups. You pick what table you were playing on, and people were like, "Man, I hope I'm not playing." Like they just didn't want to play against it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a bummer. Like people weren't having a good time against it. Uh, definitely was stood out. Like everybody knew. Everybody walked by and looked at that, and everybody was like, "That list does not belong in this event." And it was just so, dub double custodes player or what? No, it was custodes and iron hands. Okay. And it was the but, custodes that like made it uneven. I'm guessing it was both. Um, there was like triple vindicator, Spartan with Terminator, Death Star, 
and some other shit in the Iron Hands list. And then the Custodes guy had a plethora of Custodes tanks and Valdor and a Telamon and, you know, all the shit that you hit on if you're, you know, all the way, 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 way overpowered shit in the Custodes list. <laughs> it, it's a narrative event. So you go, hey, is the Emperor here? No. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. So I'm not trying to start shit. I know they listen, whatever. That's why I'm not naming names, whatever. Just if you're listening, just people didn't enjoy it. Um, nobody was like really super mad, but if you you know if you go to events in the future, maybe show a little more chill. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, don't um, uh, don't don't sacrifice somebody else's good time so so you can have a good time. I guess that's I don't know. Well, so anyway, at the exact same time that the narrative doubles event was going on, the competitive doubles was going on. And the funny thing was, a lot of people didn't know the difference. Like, people from the UK, people from Australia, people who just, like, showed up and wanted to play some heresy. They didn't really know the difference. And they noticed that there was two events, and they were asking. They go, well, what's the difference? I go, well, this one's narrative, that one's competitive. And I'm like, you're in the competitive one. And they're like, oh, shit. And they went and looked at the army list. <laughs> oh, and they shit, came dude. back and they asked the Grand Legion guys. They're like, do you have openings? Can we just switch? And they said, yeah. So we ended up filling up. The the narrative doubles wasn't full, but it ended up filling up with people fleeing in terror from the competitive narrative. Because and I'm, just, I'm not going to pull any punches here. It was an absolute fucking shit show. It's the only event that I've seen ran that I'm actually ashamed of 30k players. I'm, I mean that. <laughs> and it's it's such a shame because just out and out, this was the best Adepticon I've been to, hands down. And this was like the one blight on the entire weekend was that piece of shit event. And there were two guys in particular that fucking cheated straight up. I mean, I know that they got the TO's permission, whatever, still fucking cheating. I mean... It is what it is, in my opinion. I mean, if LeBron James asked, you know, paid off the ref where he could shoot HGH into his fucking eyeballs before every game, and they catch him, still fucking cheating. It doesn't matter that the ref told him to yeah, cut it off. Or, or fucking more accurately, LeBron James walked up, grabbed the fucking ref by the throat, picked him up, and then asked him, which is kind of fucking... Yeah, I don't... It was just a really shitty move, and it... it to add insult to injury, we didn't know at the time, but those same guys were down at the 40K tables because they had friends at the 40K tables, and they were bragging to their friends playing 40K, showing them the list, talking about how, what they're going to do to the 30K players, and it's going to be hilarious and all this and that. And uh, they were overheard by some people that I know, that I trust, that would not lie about that. That was 100% premeditated uh, fuckery. So uh, I do not mind calling these guys out. I, in my opinion, they're pieces of shit. Um, they can call into the show and fucking personally apologize. And I'm still not going to be their buddy, but, um, you know, I might at that point let them into an event I ran. But, I mean, it, it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, uh, didn't go, it didn't go well for them. I mean, they won their stupid fucking medal for best general. And they didn't even move any models. So they just, like, piled everything on a fucking landing pad. So, I mean, if you think that you're awesome for winning best general when you don't even move models, you just deploy some shit and roll some dice, 
I mean, whatever. I mean, we know. I mean, I know the truth. I, I think you're fucking scrubs, to be honest. Um, and only not only that, you're kind of shitty people. Um, at least in that sense of it, uh, as far as a gamer, I don't know him obviously personally or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's just a real fucking shitty thing to do. The TO should have never allowed it. I mean, you, the no, TO should have no. blame you, for it. You definitely have to if you're a fucking TO and you're like, well, I just want everyone to have a good time and take the path of least resistance. What in the fuck are you doing, man? Like, can you fucking read? You read English? Like, do you understand how emails work? How in the fuck did someone look at that on black and white sheet of paper and be like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to phone it in. Well, what no, in the no, fuck do you think? In, in Eric's defense, okay, on this one. I don't know. Who, I don't know. His, I don't know him. I'm not trying to attack him personally, man. But that, I mean, come on. Between the three of us right, right well, now. Right, well, right okay. Now. So, so, so they got the clearance to do this on a Facebook post. Uh, so it wasn't actually like they emailed the, the TO saying, this is my list. This is what I plan on doing. They actually email or they, they posted on his, uh, on the Adepticon Horace Heresy Facebook page and asked him if, uh, if they could bring a sky shield. We didn't even tell what the list was, but I think everybody on the internet knows what the list was at this point. Uh, but they asked, they said, you know, can we here? Look. I'll send it to you, Scott. Just send it to the email. They said, I have a question. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. The only thing is, man, if you see this thing sitting on a table before an event starts, yes. and we're like, nah, it's cool. Let's let it fly. Like, you're complicit. That's, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not trying to. Well, I, I can anyone... tell you 100% if it was my event, I would have walked over whatever the entry fee for the event was, I would have pulled the cash out of my wallet, then in there, threw it in their fucking faces, and told them to leave. And I would yeah, not have started until they left. Yes. Yeah. There. So that's a more diplomatic way of saying what I was trying to say. I'm not trying to be a dick to anyone, but I'm just saying, man, it looks bad on all of us. It looks bad on all of us when that kind of shit happens. So. Well, like I said, good luck, boys. Your fucking faces are out there. Your army list is out there. Everybody knows who the fuck you are. I hope it was worth it. Uh, getting your medal and parading it around the next day and being real proud of winning best general for, you know, taking a, a cheater list and not even moving models to win best general. Uh, I hope you enjoy that because, I mean, everybody knows who you are now. And there's, I, I guarantee you, there's a lot of TOs out there that you're going to get scratched off a lot of fucking events. You're going to be asked not to come to events. They're going to vet your list. You're going to be under fucking scrutiny for a long time because of your little fucking bullshit you pulled. And I feel no fucking remorse for that. Yeah, there was just no spirit in that in that list. It was just stupid. I mean, just hands down. Okay, let, let's take the fact that you basically had the rules bent for you to bring a list that nobody else could take. Like, the only way you would know that you could take a void shield generator and a sky shield in your list if you were to just be maintaining and watching this Adepticon Horus Heresy group. Let's just discard the fact that you had the rules bent for your army uh, then we actually take your army, and you are now on this sky shield landing pad with a Warhound Titan on it, just blatantly manipulating the oldest fucking just shit 40k ruling. Uh, the whole reason it's not in the 30k Horus Heresy rulebook. The reason that those fortifications don't exist anymore is because they called so many rule they caused so many rules problems 
were there originally instituted that they needed FAQs that were pages long that Games Workshop never even released. If you go back and find the old no or the old Adepticon FAQ for the fucking landing pad virtual generator, it's like two or three pages long for each one. Because it's like there's just so much fucking shit they don't interact right with the game. So the problem is there's none of those FAQs are around anymore. So by letting them use that, like we'll just use the the clearest example of it. Imagine the landing pad in your head, right? It's not a building, so you can't destroy it. It's just right. a fucking piece of terrain. Right. If you stand the model in the center of that, right, put another model on the ground in front of the landing pad and back the model up until that model can draw line of sight to the model in the middle of that landing pad. Guess what? You're out of assault range. So what does that mean? Does that mean I just can't ever assault a guy on a landing pad? Because I can't draw a line of sight. I can't get close enough with a model to the landing pad because of the way it's elevated and the way it's designed to see a model that's standing in the center of it to then declare the charge. So Adepticon ruled, Games Workshop did, Adepticon did, that you could just draw a line of sight through the landing pad and solve anyway. That being said, would these guys have uh, allowed that? Would they have tried to argue? And then what happens then? What's the, what call does the TO make? You know what I mean? Because none of that shit exists anymore because that's not even a thing you're supposed to be able to take. Yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, it's hands down. They just brought their own toys with their own fake rules and just like, oh, yeah, let me just go ahead and just do this. I mean, it was just definitely, definitely out of line. Oh, and let's not forget it's fucking Thousand Sons, Raven Guard, and it's all painted like dog shit. The Titan didn't even have fucking arms. The, the, the terrain was painted like horse shit. The landing pad was basically just sprayed black and dry brush silver. I mean, it was a total fucking shit show. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. We're wasting time. Let's move on because yeah. I don't... Well, I do want to read this. So Mark, uh, part of the Grand Legion, reached out to me because he knew we were going to talk about it. And he wanted to basically release an official statement and get in front of this. And he wanted to take ownership of it, basically. He didn't want to sweep it under the rug and pretend like it wasn't a problem. There's t-shirts. So good on you can't. You can't. There's, there's now t-shirts floating around with this. There's no way. I want to read this out. So he says, Hello, Heresy community. As you might know, Ty, Nate, Matt, and myself run the Gomeza campaign and other Heresy narrative events at Adepticon. Ty is also ultimately responsible for all the Heresy events at the con. And we are unhappy with the situation that occurred in the Heresy Doubles Tournament on Saturday and feel bad for the teams who had the misfortune to get caught up in it. Our priority is fun for all attendees. We have already taken steps to make sure that the situation like this does not happen at future Adepticons. Um, all of that being said, I think 2018 was the biggest and best Adepticon Heresy weekend ever, and I'm confident just about everyone had an amazing time. See you next year. And I agree with him. Other than that one little thing, it was fucking great. It was the best year ever. It was just a shame this happened. But just to alleviate people, don't don't fucking think that um, nothing's being done about it and no one cares and that all heresy events are like that. You got to think there was three events ran every day with like, you know, 20 to 30 people at each event at a minimum. Some There was more. And this was going on for four days. So over a hundred people got to play, and there was well over, you know, two. There was probably hundreds of games played, and there was two of them 
you know, against these guys that was a total fucking Yeah, that's pretty good ratio of success, man. And those guys bust their ass and they work very, very hard. And when you think about the scale of the amount of work they have to put into in that short amount of time, it is pretty daunting, certainly. But, you know, sometimes fucked up shit like this has to happen for us to remind us why we have to, like, not be complacent in things. Well, the problem I have with it is I got rewarded and got a medal, so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bad look, but... I hope the backlash is strong enough that people see that it's not worth it, and this is a fucking lesson for people in the future that don't think that this is a thing. Right, Um, right. And I want to throw it out there. I mean, I don't... And I'm just being honest. I tried to talk to Derek a little bit about it. I mean... People know me. I don't like fucking. I don't like competitive heresy anyway. I think that anything that's labeled competitive heresy simply shouldn't exist. No. That said, there are people that want to play in it. Um, so if you're going to strike some middle ground, um, people don't like to hear it, but I think you got to get really fucking hardcore with um, some restrictions. Because here's the thing: if you're just allowed to take whatever you want. And the only reward for it is, you know, most battle points or that's not even a really a good test of skill anyway, because you may get lucky with matchups or get lucky um, with, you know, taking a list that can beat everybody that didn't test your skill. You just happen to bring a list that nobody expected or whatever. So the more restrictions you put in and the more cookie cutter you make the list, like if me and Michael played a mirror match, if I wrote one list and we were both forced to play that same list, to me, that's way closer to a true fucking test of who's the better player. Yeah. Because you can't blame it on, why well, didn't have anything to deal with this or whatever. And that's what totally fucking shits me about 40K right now. Just go play fucking chess. If you don't care about building fucking models and you don't care about painting the models, that's like two-thirds of the fucking hobby. So why are you spending $100 on like three fucking beasts of Nurgle so you can glue it, so you can put it together where it looks like a three year old put it together, and you spray paint it bright fluorescent green, and you just spam that ten fucking times, and then you win some event with it. And you act like you're a king shit or whatever. Go fuck yourself. Go play chess if you're really that good of a tactical mind, and all you're going into it for is winning. Go play chess. That's the ultimate test of military wargaming. Why are you spending hundreds of dollars on model kits and then ruining them? with shitty paint jobs and shitty assembly jobs to fucking play some game that's so fucking abstract it's not even a true test of what you're trying to do anyway. It makes zero fucking sense. I, I have no answer for you. Like, clearly, I, I cannot get in that mindset of, like, win at all costs. I mean, that's just, like, that's absolutely, like, this is definitely not the hobby for win at all cost mentality. Hundred percent. Like this is not where you should be for if if you like the idea like just to to be in that mindset that these guys went to Adepticon to shit on everybody and their primary goal was to come home with a medal, like that is absolutely not the mindset you should be going to Adepticon with. Especially well, not Horse Jersey. Not even a medal worth anything. They didn't even participate really. They didn't move any models. They didn't paint their models well. They didn't assemble things nice. They weren't good sportsmen. They scored a 6 out of 30 for sportsmanship. 6 out of 30, man. Holy fuck. So these guys were major twat waffles, like the worst of the fucking worst. So Um, 
God. I mean, whatever. I mean, I I don't think you're anything. I don't even think you deserve best general. You didn't move any models. All you did was take a cheater list and fucking exploit bad rule writing. Like bad I said, if you're such hot, like, go, go fucking chess tournament. It, it's bad rule writing that, like, what, what's so shitty about it is, like, everybody's thought of it. Like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is how you could exploit that. But I'm not a big enough douche to do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, it's just, like, taking advantage of other people's self-control is all it was. Like, it's it sucks. Like, it sucks that, like, like they are the ones that, like, oh, man, we've got this insane idea that we're going to take advantage of this. Oh, he approved it. He said we could do it. Oh, like, the, you know, yeah. I, it's so stupid. It, it's just, it boggles, well, it boggles my mind you know, how look, they, look how they found their Let's way into this community, way. man. It's everyone's opportunity moving forward in the future to take the initiative when they see something fucked up to actually do something about it. You know, instead of just being like, I'm just going to hold the door open. Because it's not something that just affects you. Like taking the easy way out on this one didn't just affect you, it affected everybody else they played, everybody else they fucking interacted with. And the people that had to see that shit were embarrassed by it. It affected them. Oh, someone, you know. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just a fucking shame, man. But anyway, let's move on. We've wasted so much time on this, and they're not worth the fucking time to waste on it. Yeah, but for all you people out there that like saw that and thought to yourself, like, that is not fun. I would not want to play that. I guarantee at this point the majority of the community agrees with you and is 100% on board with you. I would say 95% of the community agrees. 95% of the community would have allowed you to call them out and say, like, hey, should we take a group vote? Can we just kick these dudes out of the tournament? Yeah, absolutely. Just fuck them off. Like, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that there's so many people that are on the, are, you know, I don't want to say the right side, but are on our side the way we see it because that lets me know that the community is still healthy and that the more we, we push that out of the actual heresy community, maybe it can go find itself back in the 40K community where it can go get shit on where it's supposed to. And just stay out of uh, heresy. So, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't get it. And I don't, people who want to just, oh, I just want to test the tactics of the game and all that shit. I'm not buying it. The guy that won the 40K singles had his list was seven Hive Tyrants and three Mohawks. That was his whole army. So he needed to learn the rules of two models. I mean, what a tactical genius. I mean, <laughs> how smart that guy must be. Holy shit. Let's fucking pat him on the back and carry him around the room. He took two different models in his army. Mm. Wow. Anyway, whatever. CTE's a beast, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty much it for Adepticon. I mean, we had to talk about that. That had to get brought up. Uh, oh, well, anyway, that all happened during the first round of the narrative doubles. The second round... So in the second and last round, I played this guy... Um, Chris from a podcast that Scott knows somebody from uh, Forge the Narrative. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, Paul Murphy and Chris Morgan and those guys. Really good guys over there. Um, yeah, he was super fun to play with. Um, it's kind of because the way the mission played, you could start on the table all your HQs and troops. And um, my partner 
Robert, we liked each other so much we just decided to play uh, with each other again. He had two Solar Exilla tank commanders, um, one in a Valdor and one in a Lehman Rust squadron. So because those are HQs, they started on the board. And then he had uh, three Solar Ox squads. I think two of them had the Dracazins. So those started on the board as well. And then I'm running Pride of the Legion with a bunch of Terminators with all dedicated Land Raiders. So all of my shit started on the board except for my um, Grave Wardens. So they were only able to start like two tactical squads and like a Master of Signal and a Damocles on the table. And we basically had three quarters of our army. Ooh, painful. <laughs> and then what ended up happening was you had to hold this big center objective. So I just drove off and jumped out with Death Shroud and my Praetor. And if you controlled it at the beginning of your turn, you got to shoot. It was the Eagle Penis Cannon. You got to shoot the big D-gun. So they had to make sure it was contested every round or they were going to get shot with the D-gun. So on their turn, they had to get like tactical squads or whatever out of Rhinos and stand next to it. And then my Death Shroud would just jump off of it assault them, murder them, and then consolidate back on top of the gun. And it just, like, rinse, repeat. It was just an awful situation for him. So it was a pretty dominating game on our half, but it was really, it was a lot of it was the mission, um, unfortunately. But we still had fun. They were really nice guys. They were good sports about it. Um, we didn't table them or nothing, I don't think. I think we still went the full, uh, all the turns in the game and all that. Um, it was. I still had fun. I hope they did too. I hope it wasn't too bad for them. Man, I'm actually. I see some pictures. I'm actually on Chris Morgan's Facebook page right now, and he posted pictures of his Blood Angels. Man, they look great. They look fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely check out their podcast and definitely go look at his models on Facebook. He's a really cool, dude. I think he. Um, if anyone's familiar with the event in. I know it's in Utah. I think it's called Battle Haven. And they, what essentially they, this is me just pulling this out of my ass. So I don't know that I'm going to get all the details right. But they, they rent out a resort in sort of uh, mountainous Utah, like a very picturesque place. I've seen pictures of it. It's beautiful. And they have like a gaming weekend. So, you know, I'm sure if you type in Battle Haven or Warhammer events, Valhalla, Valhalla Gaming. Yeah, some along those lines. I think they might have changed the name in recent years, but uh, you know, if that's something that piques your interest, definitely check it out and support those guys. Fantastic, dude. So, um, yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, I made uh, Roberts my new boyfriend. We've already become Facebook friends and already messaged each other a few times. Dudes, <laughs> um, back and forth. Yeah, he's real big into MMA. I think he said he's going to try to really do his best to make it to Heresy Camp, which I really hope he does because I'd like to see him again. Um, so, yeah, I had a really good time playing games with him. It was a lot of fun. So that was the the actual official event that I played in. Um, the other funny thing, which I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just laughed at it while it was happening. The Custodes player that we talked about earlier that – um, brought the what was obviously the list that should have been in that event ended up winning best general and the crowd spontaneously broke into chants of shame like Game of Thrones um, when he went to go get his award I'm not sure he 100% deserved it because I don't like I said I don't know if he knew or not but it is what it is I didn't partake um, 
I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt until we see him again. I didn't hear him like talking shit in a premeditative way. And at least he wasn't like cheating and actually using fucking rules loopholes like those other guys, even though his list was probably too rough for that event. Hmm. Well, good for you. <laughs> good for and you. then uh, I do want to point out that Leonis and Bjorn won best overall in the competitive doubles because they actually like had legit pain and shit and got good sportsmanship scores and um, brought reasonable list and still beat everybody. So they didn't get the best general award, like the fucking Warhound, but they got the better award, which is best overall. And they're not getting put on blast by the community because they did it the, the fucking correct way and painted their shit nice. Um, like I said, that's way harder to do because you have to bring something that people aren't going to be mad at, but you can still win with that actually still looks good on the tabletop and is painted well um, and still win all your games, which is way harder to fucking do than to do what those other two tools did. Yeah. So and shout out to Linus and, and Magnus and all of those boys from Sweden, man. All of them were so cool dudes. Your Magnus and both Eric's and Freddie, all the dudes from Sweden were fucking Dude, awesome. That sounds like that they, for a moment, comprised 95% of the testosterone in the fucking Western Hemisphere between those six guys. Linus, Magnus, right, I don't know if he's going to be upset at this. I hope not. I mean, I wouldn't. Like, if somebody, like, outed me on this, I would be fucking proud. Um, oh, God. Leonis, man. What? You're saying no? Don't do it? <laughs> no, go ahead. Continue. I'm, like, I, All right. I have a feeling well, I know Scott what you're saying. Scott will fucking love this. So, Leonis, he's, like, he's a big dude. He's probably easy, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I don't know how big he is. Super fucking nice dude. Um, I sat and talked to him a long time. He had a little cheese trading powwow with fucking Michael. It's fucking just one of the best dudes we met there this year. Um, he's a patron. He's just super fucking awesome guy. He listens to all our episodes. The best thing he said all weekend, and this was unironic. He didn't know why people thought it was funny. I heard this from the Grey Legion guys. He's like, I love America. I love everything about it. But the one thing I don't understand is when I sit on your guys' toilets, the tip of my penis hangs into your <laughs> end of the water. Well, let me break it down for you, bro. Let me break it down for you why that is. It's because your ancestors raided countries with battle axes, and you have a giant Viking dick. That's why. Okay? <laughs> Fucking toilets here were not designed for people of your genetic makeup. Were they, were they like, lifting Atlas stones on top of large podiums during rounds? I know, but I laughed so hard. And the fact that he wasn't bragging or anything, like, he legit didn't know why everybody started immediately dying laughing. And he was clueless as to why everybody thought that was so fucking funny that his giant baby arm hog dragged yeah, the fucking the fucking northwest terror of a fucking dong that man's walking around with <laughs> the scourge of Eastern Europe. Fucking... Uh, I might die. I'm sick. We gotta move on. But that is so fucking funny, man. We I laughed so hard. When the Great Legion guys told me that, we laughed so fucking hard. And I hope he's not upset we talked about that on the podcast. I mean, I know I wouldn't. I think it's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> he's just got a hog. Rat, boy got a root. Yeah, must be fucking nice. Must yeah. be nice. But the yeah. only thing of mine that hangs into the toilet pole water is my old balls, man. That, fucking, <laughs> that doesn't help anyone. So. Should have sent a crib up to his room for his hog, dude. <laughs> uh, so funny, man. 
And also, all those guys, they all got uh, Dark Age starter boxes in their fucking uh, swag bags, and they knew I played Dark Age and ran events, and they left me all of their Dark Age shit so that I could give it out of product support for my Dark Age events at Michigan GT. So, honestly, thanks for that. I mean, that was hundreds of dollars in product support they left me, which was really nice of them. They were super cool, dude. Uh, like Ryan said, like Linus came up. I got to try, finally try the reindeer cheese uh, that that the Swedes are so known for. And he actually sent me a picture of their big aisle of cheese that they have with all those tubes of cheese. And then I went and bought him a whole bunch of like all the different like squeeze cheese things, all the different uh, what's it called the uh, whatever the cheese whiz cheese whiz yeah. And then uh, I also got to try the nasty black licorice candy that tastes like a uh, tastes like biting into a live starfish. And uh, Ryan, I know you're gonna really enjoy this, and uh, I'll post the picture up on on Facebook as well. But if you check your messages, I brought that candy home, and uh, my dad Oscar got to try it, and that was <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly my reaction too. It is so bad. <laughs> that was his face. When biting into it, just pretty awful. So, <laughs> but so yeah. yeah, that was pretty much my like actual adepticon there, and then the Australians came home with me. Yeah. So, do we want to save that? Yes, absolutely. Let them do it. Okay, you want to save that for next week? I want to say let's save it for next week. Like we we gave you guys a breakdown of adepticon. Uh, but we will save the actual experience. We will let the Eye of Horse guys tell it, and if they decide not to tell it, then we'll tell it what what you went and did with them. I know you basically took them to every restaurant in existence in Indiana, and well, they got it. They got to eat tenderloins. They fucking. I bought them literally one box of every type of Little Debbie that's manufactured, and I don't have any left. They ate them all. Um. They fucking got to eat the Bella subs, and it was they liked it so much we had to go back again. So they ate the Bella subs twice. Um, they got Mother Bear's pizza. We went and seen some crazy Indian mounds in Ohio. Um, we went and walked on a U boat in Chicago. We went to the Big Cat place. They got to see all the tigers and shit. Um, Chris Duncan came over and they played BattleTech. We got to go to the Mexican restaurant. Scott came up and me, Chris, and my wife, and then went to the Mexican restaurant. And Scott told told him about selling some bodies to the or not he didn't sell bodies but somebody <laughs> allegedly fuck you allegedly folks <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah but they liked that story they were into that um, I took him to Cabela's which absolutely blew their fucking mind um, Tim ended up buying him at Gerber so he said the word Gerber nine trillion times he also said so Polo's Hope sells butthole nine trillion times, and I, I took him to Rule King. And after they'd already been here for several days and already loved America, Tim found a shirt that just has a giant fucking American flag on it that says, "If this flag offends you, I'll help you pack." <laughs> and he bought it, and he was saying it about everything. Like so, when we went and tried like little Debbie's, he'd be like, "If you don't like cosmic brownies, I'll help you pack. If you don't like fucking BattleTech." I'll help you pack. He was telling everybody, I'll help you pack. If you don't like this, I'll help you pack. All fucking weekend long. It was so funny. We were dying laughing. <laughs> and he, he's decided that 
he needs to like they need to bring more of the U.S. to Australia, and he wants to conquer Australia. And you know how, how our national seal is a fucking eagle that's gripping a bundle of arrows and a bundle of wheat. Yeah, he says their their national seal when they conquer it is going to be him clutching an SKS and a Debella sub. <laughs> things. It's gonna be perfect. So I we'll, would support that fucking any day. Fucking Tim terror terrified of shooting my five hundred Smith and Wesson. Tim <laughs> refused to shoot it. Because Chris was like, fuck that. And Chris is an ex Army Ranger, was in the military twenty one years and all that. So we get in the woods and I'm like, Man, don't listen to Chris, he's a fucking pussy. And he's like, he's an army ranger. I'm like, I don't care. Just because you're a ranger for 12 years doesn't mean you're not a fucking pussy. Just shoot it. I'm like, look at it this way. If you shoot it, he only shot it twice. If you shoot it three times, you're more of a fucking man than him. And it took us like an hour to finally fucking talk him into it, to shooting this uh, revolver, because Chris had him so scared. It was so funny. <laughs> That's and funny. then he said after he shot it, he doesn't even remember shooting it, because he's pretty sure that his mind blanked it out because he has PTSD. <laughs> uh, I, I think Michael um, has video of him firing it for the first time, and they'll probably post it up, but it's hilarious. The look on his face when he turned around after squeezing off that first round was pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, we shot up some old hard drives. We shot up some paper targets. We shot up an old Space Marine Codex. Um, I was laughing because I bought this new target holder thing, and... Tim shot the 500 and hit it and blasted it apart. So he blew apart my $20 fucking target holder with like a $3.50 round. So he cost <laughs> me like $20 in one go with that handgun. So, <laughs> so good. So. But uh, yeah, it was a fucking blast. I, I loved hanging out with those guys. It was everything I imagined. And I hope they make it back over here. I had such a good time. And I can't wait to listen to their episode where they talk about all of it. Uh, and I was also proud of my Indiana TSA when they went to go home. They opened their bags and they were like, oh, you guys play Warhammer 40,000. That's fucking awesome. Or you play guys play Warhammer. He's like, what are all these little titans and shit? Because they saw their epic stuff. They were like, these are fucking rad. And the TSA sat and talked to them about 30K epic and all that shit here in Indiana. <laughs> so pretty proud of my Indiana brother. I would be too. I, I would absolutely be too. Yeah, I fucking at that dinner we took them to. I feel like I ate I ate like two whole fucking baskets full of nachos, and I think it kind of threw Michael off a little bit. I think he was looking at me like, "Why is this guy eating so many nachos? Like they're free, man. It's just part of your duty as American. You have to eat as many free nachos as you can every Mexican <laughs> restaurant you go to." What did you think, Scott? You had never been there before. Did you like Dude, it? Delicious, man. And that was, bar none, the hardest working waiter I've ever fucking seen. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude, that guy's not fucking around. He was carrying so many plates all at once, I was like, that's not safe. You know, fucking OSHA's not going to be pleased about this <laughs> whatsoever. But he didn't give a fuck about OSHA. He did it anyway. That's awesome. I'm glad that all the people out there, like I can guarantee that those guys would not have had like a better trip with anybody else. So good job, Ryan. You're the ultimate, ultimate carrier and 
and liaison for the Australians. I think everybody who who crowdfunded their tickets over here definitely got their money's worth and showed the Australians a good time. Well, I'm hoping I met this cool dude, Pete, from London. He's wanting to maybe come over for Gen Con. I offered the same experience to him. If he wants to come over and hang out with me for Gen Con, I'll take him around. We can Fuck do yes. all the same crazy shit. Fuck yes. Powerful Gen Con. So I guess we'll say we'll let them we'll let them explain their trip. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that episode to hear it. Uh, it sounds like they're recovering right now, so it's probably not going to drop for a while. Uh, but we'll have a follow up on our next episode on on some of the things you can tell your side of the story and stuff like that. So yeah. So that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's it man that's all I got I'm so yeah. fucking sick I just want to go to bed <laughs> yeah I know we're pushing you I know we're pushing it right now on time so so absolutely well guys we appreciate you listening to this episode uh, if you have any questions on the Adepticon experience or you have any questions on some of the events we may have attended feel free to shoot us an email it's michael at warmer30k.com ryan at warmer30k.com scott at warmer30k.com and then we have Derek at warmer30k.com, but he's not here to give us his oh, experience. On the email, I haven't checked my email since fucking Adepticon. So I literally have like 40 fucking emails for the show. So just cool your jets, people. I've been busy. I haven't even looked at it. I'm going to look at it tomorrow for the first time. So um, <laughs> just throw that out there. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, if I didn't answer or whatever, I just, I didn't, I wanted to make sure. I was present for Tim and Michael and everything going on. I didn't have time to fuck around with show stuff. So you were doing the Lord's work. I'll, we know. Okay. Nobody has nobody has a right to be mad at you. If they do, I'll fight them. Okay, I'll fight them right now. I'll fight them right now. Victoria, Texas. Meet me in the Walgreens parking lot. So anyway, guys, good. Uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, once again, that's. 209-RFI-30K-0. And we definitely have a Facebook page where we'll post all of these pictures up and all these videos that we talked about on this episode. And we also have an Instagram, Radio Freest Fan. Go check us out on there, guys. And we will kick it off to some music. Y'all have a good one. Bye, guys. (laughs) 